Well, hello there, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 176 of the Finger Guns Podcast. My name is Roscoe. How are you doing? Here's a giant hug for you if you need it. Yes. Joining me on the podcast this week is Miles Thompson. Hello there. Hello there. Hello there. How are you, sir? I'm very good, thank you. It's been a busy week, but again, lots of games, lots of fun games. I'm sad I can't talk about all of them yet, but there's a lot of good stuff. A lot of good stuff. Who knew that we could come on a podcast and talk about games that are good, that we enjoy? 176 times. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've not done all 176 of them, but uh, I've done a fair few. How are you, mate? Indeed. Yeah, yeah, man, I'm all right. Good stuff. I'm all right. I have figured out now how to sync my mouse um, RGBs with my mouse mount RGBs. Nice. And things are just looking really sick. <laughs> I have it synced to everyone's voices, so whenever like you speak, my mouse like lights up in different colours. That's really cool. Yeah, it's exciting. It makes me happy. What colour am I? You are currently purple. Cool. It changes. What, what, what colour am I? What colour am I? Uh, now it's pink. Of course it is. How fucking <laughs> <laughs> fucking <laughs> sexist, misogynistic, oh. fucking sexist mouse. Better off with blue, right? No, he's yellow. Oh, okay, fine. Oh, happy color! Oh, you're yellow now, cat. You just went green there. You went green there. Because I'm jealous. Because now I got pink. Everyone else got cool colors. Green-eyed monster. (laughs) That was a joke. Thank you for mansplaining that one. Oh Mm. God! (laughs) Damn! (laughs) I'll just mute for the rest. Okay. (laughs) Should we start this again? (laughs) No. Um. Well, I'm gonna choose the next person. There's a new Taylor Swift album out this week, and a Plague Tale comes out mm-hmm. tomorrow. I don't know where her mind is right now, but I'm sure it's good. Cat! Hello, hello! I'm having a little dance as I like just talk right now. I'm like, yeah, 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 it's Taylor Swift album week. Yeah, 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 shit's going down. Okay, I'm done. Yeah. Yeah, Plague Tale comes out tomorrow. God of War comes out in like two weeks. It's a fucking exciting time to be me. It really is. It really is. It really is. Really I can only, I can only assume that you are you are on top of the world right now. I am, well, I will be on top of the world in about five days' time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there is a rumor that Taylor Swift tickets are dropping on Saturday morning. I swear to Christ, I will tackle children. I will. <laughs> I will tackle children. You don't get to start at folklore and think you're going to the Taylor Swift concert. It's going to be hey hey hell. now. What? No, no one likes gatekeeping, kid. Uh, no, we get to gatekeep, okay? Our Swifties, no. No, you don't get to know one TikTok song which and one TikTok lyric of August slipped away like a bottle of wine and think that you get to go to Taylor Swift. No, fight me. No, okay, no, fine, you get to enjoy Swift too. But only if you go once. <laughs> there are people on Twitter, I shit you not, there's a running joke at the moment because somebody was like, I've been to see Taylor Swift 45 times and here's how to get tickets. And it was like... No one's getting tickets because you keep going. Mm, yeah, exactly that. <laughs> Anywho, I'm having a great time. I'm really excited. It's Taylor Swift week. She has literally released a schedule, a schedule, Ross, <laughs> of things that's go- that's upcoming this week. Oh, it's a good time. Graham Norton appearance next week. That's always a good time. Sure. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Album, wow. music video. We're getting a second music video in a week's time too. It's just a great time to be. I haven't actually heard the first single off this one yet. She hasn't released it yet. That's why. Really? That's why. Nope, she's not released it yet. But I'll tell you what it's called. Okay. It's called Antihero. Oh. 
And apparently the whole album is about self-loathing. Sweet. And the theme is about self-loathing. So that I mean, sounds like, like it's going to be a very fun album. <laughs> Every Taylor Swift album is a fun album. Mark. Sounds like my kind of album. Yeah. <laughs> sounds like, I'm going to press play. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yeah, great time to meet me. How are you? I'm good. Do you think that if I get Taylor Swift tickets and I make up a sign that says, hey, Taylor, let's sing XR together, do you think she'll let us do it? Maybe. Sweet. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. Can I be the second ticket if you do get tickets? I'm, I'm, I'm only getting one. Just me. Oh, fair enough. Okay, yeah, yeah fair. I'm going to be that really <laughs> awkward old man surrounded by older teenagers. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. honestly there for the music because I really like the music. Honestly, one no song. other reason. One song. You're here yeah. there for one song. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if you doesn't do that, I'm like XR, please. Uh, thank you. Uh, yeah, yeah well, but she's no, got that's... three albums since her last tour. Wow. Wild. COVID did her a die because she was supposed to play at Glastow. She's supposed to have a whole like called Lover Fest, and it's like her version of Glassstone. It's two albums. And one. Yeah, it's going to be a big tour. Wow. We're going to have to do a Taylor Swift spider special on Midnight, aren't we? Hey. Do you know what? Oh, my God, should we... Oh, my God, should we do, like, a like an album deep dive? Do you know what? I, I don't think I'd be able to cope all... No, I would. I'd cope. I don't know if the um if our, if the, the, the listeners of the Fingers podcast necessarily... Or said Taylor... They might be, for all I know. Um, but I probably don't know not. if there's a probably huge not. amount of crossover. No, yeah, probably not. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I could be wrong. There's a huge amount of cramming for uh, Dynasty Warriors podcast. So I think if we can get away with doing that, you can get away with the Taylor Swift one. Great. I will say the Dynasty Warriors one did get to triple the, figures. At least in what? the game. <laughs> yeah. There. How? <laughs> I mean, I mean, Ethan Lawrence is like a semi celebrity. Yeah, yeah um, that is fair. Semi is rude, I guess, but he did call out himself, didn't he? So I'm just using his own words. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's okay, fair. fine. <laughs> um, yeah, Dynasty Warriors did well. So yeah, we might do a Midnight Spoiler Special, Taylor Swifty fans. Um, look out for it, perhaps. The Swifties will listen. People just type in Swift on podcasts, and, yeah. and they, they love a deep dive. Okay, well, we will we'll stick it on the... Oh, no. We'll stick, it on the, stick it on the maybe list. <laughs> and finally, returning to the podcast... Josh Thompson. Hello. Welcome. Thank you for having me on the Finger Swift podcast today. Welcome to the Finger Swift. <laughs> like I've got a gun to the side. Oh, like God. Cop, right? <laughs> the Finger Swift podcast is a very different podcast. Mm. So it's Finger Blasters by Tom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or we could be the Finger Blasters. Yeah. Yeah. Remember when we were going to do a, um, a Twitch page just for kids and we called it Finger Kids? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus did Christ! Actually, did you actually do that? It was it was considered, um, oh, but okay. we were I like, was going to say, I was like, did you like make it and then think, huh? Yeah, that looks weird. How long, how long was it on the consideration table for? <laughs> oh, um, it was a conversation that Sean and I had for at least 20, 20 to twenty five minutes, and um, it did actually start. I think it is. We changed it to like twenty five minutes. Like, did you realize your mistake? Well, we went for like finger guns family twitch or something like that i don't know but um yeah finger kids was very quickly off the table <laughs> it's a shame That's good to know yeah 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 we are we are very aware of our brands anyway josh how are you yeah, I'm, I'm good, good. <laughs> sorry i'm just like taking this all in right now mm. oh it feels like a uh, a weird dream but it's not it's real life you're all listening to this right now yeah this is actually happening yeah yeah, I'm sorry yes. about that. <laughs> hey, Josh, I have a question for you. Go on. 
if you could eradicate any crime in the world and it never happened again, but the only way to do that is for you to commit the crime once and then it never happens again. I don't know this. What crime would it be? You know the answer to this? Like, it's an objective answer. Am I, the, have I fallen myself into a riddle here? No, no, no. no I'm just curious. Um, just tells us everything about your character. Oh, right. Great. So, no like pressure. Like a pastor, like your test? Yeah, no pressure then. Probably ask all the clients. And the um, uh, <laughs> police brutality. Okay. Okay. So, you'd beat the shit out of a policeman just so it never happens again? Yeah. <laughs> um yeah i mean i was gonna say murder is like a, an umbrellaed what's the name um but i guess oh, i don't know it's a bit of a hard thing really that's quite the i don't know if i could do that mm. myself in fact i know i can't because i've tried it no i've not, I've not tried it. <laughs> <laughs> no i just wouldn't do that um Good. but uh not to be too too of my own views but the you know especially what happened past couple of years with the uprising like it's you know it's an eye-opener to everyone about what happened and uh it's something that i feel very strongly about myself now so i'd like to get get a bit of a balance between our community as opposed to kind of the forces that are oppressed upon people especially minorities especially you know um small groups of people that you know aren't just a white male yeah wow, you you took this way more seriously than i was expecting i'm sorry i'm sorry <laughs> no it's fine it's fine that's a that that is a wonderful answer i love that one did anyone else did anyone else get asked this last week or something is that why i've been asked today or no i saw it on i saw it on um the old tickety top and i was I thought, I'm going to bring that to the pod this week and see what the answers come. Oh, up. and I've honestly, I've just, just brought, the first brought it, I've brought it straight down right at the top. <laughs> you like proper about like Kant's about they like real philosophical, like real getting mm. the research paper out. I fit, I feel it. Fair play. My mm. answer is going to be silly now. Never mind. Oh no, that at least that we could have a laugh about. I, I'd prefer that. <laughs> I'd Fair enough. Have a laugh. Uh, KB, what were you going to go with? Um, well, I actually saw an answer to this, and I was like, yeah, I'd agree with that, and that's perjury. So you wouldn't be allowed to lie to police officers or in court. So you yeah, wouldn't be allowed to lie under it. So you just, you know, think about how many crimes have been solved. Mine was more of a convenience. It isn't, you know, Josh went all like save the world and like, vigilante shit. And I, and I, uh, <laughs> and I was like, I just wouldn't lie to the police. Yeah, that's fair though. That's also a good one. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, I'm on mute now. Bye. <laughs> Miles. Uh, I don't know if this counts as a loophole, but I kind of go for assault because then I'd only have—I say only—I'd only have to assault someone once. And if you can't assault people, you, it's going to be hard to kill them. Like you have to be a bit more creative to kill people after that. So I figured I'd kill two birds with one stone. I guess sort of. Obviously, you can still kill people without assaulting them, but it just limits people's options a bit more and rules out all assaults. Okay. Yep. All right. Nice one. Yeah. Thanks. This went down a much more serious road than I was expecting. I thought we were just going to have a <laughs> I thought we were going to just have a nice, light conversation. <laughs> Sorry. Um, mine um, mine would be uh, the eradication of, a, of a restraining orders. So you would get yourself a restraining order to end all restraining Yeah. 
Yeah, is that so you can go Who's and like put in a restraining order on you? I have my own yeah. reasons. Anyway, let's move on <laughs> to. But you stalking Taylor Swift again? This is why I'm not allowed to go to Taylor Swift concerts. Unfortunately. Um. Anyway, let's go to game of the week. Uh, Miles, your game of the week. Uh, mine is the last hero of Nostalgia, which I really thought was called the last hero of nostalgia for like my first three days of playing it. Um, I thought that too. It it's is... not. Yeah, I literally looked at it like at the title screen at one point. And I was like, "Hang on, that's spelt wrong." And I was like, "No, it's not. That's what the city's called. That makes okay. more sense now." There we are. It's it's a clever riff, a very clever riff. So this is like a a souls like, um, except this time it's very light hearted. It's very fun, um, and the whole game is just this irreverent self-depreciating narrator just berating you for even bothering to play it but in like quite a funny way like the stanley parable um which sean actually like mentioned which was actually quite helpful as a reference um and you play as like a digitized like stick man and you're thrown into this digitized world called nostalgia which is like a city that's been forgotten over time here is used to come and go and it's set up as like a like a stage performance so like in the background like shortcuts and stuff instead of being regular shortcuts they're like staging rooms so all the npcs in the game have like a staging area where they're supposed to get dressed and then go out and basically be npcs for the heroes to look cool um it's basically just one big piss take of like the soul stories and how like nihilistic they are um and it's just really funny. Like, you set up the character creation screen, but you're a stick man. So every slider you move doesn't do anything. You just start the game and you're still a stick man anyway. Um, the combat's genuinely pretty good. There's a range of weapons to get. Obviously, Ross, you uh, lost your shit when I showed you the Master Chef's outfit, which is a riff for the Master Chief. Um, Love it. Love it. That was just, I just put it on and I was like, I can't even wear this because it's beyond my ability to wear, but it's awesome. Uh, you can get like Clouds Buster Sword. There's Link Shield in there as well. Um, so there's a bunch of references to other games. Uh, it's got standard kind of Souls combat, but it's just the fun of the the world, the environment. And if you like Bloodborne in particular, there's a couple of boss fights that are ripped from Bloodborne, which are just amazing because they were in Bloodborne and they are here. Um and the whole thing is just one big homage to a series which everyone seems to like, but done in like a very good way. Like it's got enough of its own individual personality to make it like fun rather than just a rip off. Um, yeah, there's a handful of boss fights. It took me about eight hours to play through the first time. Uh, typical Souls fashion. I missed every side quest NPC. I managed to meet them all probably like once. And then I lost track of all of them. So I didn't finish any of the quest lines by the end. But I also pretty much did that with Elden Ring. Um and if you like Dark Souls 1, you'll really like this one because it's got the same interconnected central world. So you travel back and forth between these different zones and then somehow a zone all the way over to the northwest will somehow connect to a zone that was in the south before. Um, so it all kind of interlinks back on itself, just like Dark Souls 1 does. Um, it's fantastic. I really, really like it. And uh, there's a full write-up on on the site if you want to read more about it. But it's great. Play it. Uh, okay, I will. You should. I reckon you'd like this one. I think Steel Rising might be better, just because it's a bit of an easier Souls game. For, but I think this is a fun, like, if you if you don't like, like the dour mood of the Souls games, this one's more fun. Okay. All right. Nice one. Mm. Um, Kate, today to the T, what is your game of the week? Um, so, I have kind of two. Um, for the final time, my game of the week is Days Gone, uh, only because I finished it yesterday. Um, and I had a little cry. 
about something and then I thought I was having a little cry at something else and then it wasn't that and it was just a whirlwind it was just emotion I literally was on party to Josh Josh went can't you crying again <laughs> no <laughs> um what a great game what a great game I've even tweeted uh Sunny Bend to be like guys are you serious please make a sequel like it's silly um you know you can't just like you know strut off you can't just like mope off oh um and my other game of the week is a game that I played probably about a week and a bit ago but the embargo was um up until quite recently and that is unusual findings um unusual findings is kind of a point and click old school adventure game that's very like the premise of Stranger Things uh but is not the premise of Stranger Things so essentially you are um, a group of kids who were grounded for doing science experiments in your neighbor's backyard and you see like um you then get grounded but then try and sneak out and try and watch porn all together weird um and instead of watching porn you hit this other satellite channel um which shows like an alien kind of landing and then you see out your window at the same time so instead of you know telling the police or doing something sensible uh they go to the forest and try and check it out and they see an alien and they see someone get murdered and they have to work out how to capture the alien because again what, what's the sense in going to the police i'll <laughs> just catch the alien instead and fuck me that game made me feel stupid um it's a good game like it's very nostalgic it's um I think it's 16 bit. I can never, I can never, my mind, I just calculate mind, does not, not know the difference between 18 and 16. So, um, 8 and 16. So, it, I think it's 16. Um, and it's very wonderful and it has a lot of references because it's set in the 80s. And uh, yeah, that's pretty great. The visuals are pretty great. It's just really fucking hard. It's just really illogical. It's just really like, I thought I was actually going out of my mind crazy. And then the characters move really slowly as well. So, like, you have to be either end of the map. So, like, you get to go to loads of different locations and it's side-scrolling. Um, but you have to be either end of the side-scroll to get to the map. And, oh, my God, if you're stuck and you have to, like, trawl through each location very slowly, it can become very laborious very, 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 very quickly. Um I've just actually had a look on Google and someone has been a legend as of three days ago and written a complete walkthrough and has admitted it's one of the trickiest point and clicks they've ever played. Um, so fair enough, because I genuinely felt it dumb. Uh, <laughs> it was just really random convoluted stuff. And I thought I was being so dumb, I actually reached out to the dev because I was a bit like, am I being like proper stupid or is this like really hard <laughs> and then they told me something and I was like okay I'd never have done that but okay never mind and the the people at Epic Lama were incredibly lovely and wholesome and were very very kind to me um and yeah and even they acknowledged maybe that they'd <laughs> they read the clues really hard um because I was like I'm so sorry that I'm being a bit stupid they're like no it's obviously our fault we're sorry that we didn't make it clearer but there's a lot there um I've also just read I didn't finish it in the end and that was out of frustration I got quite far from the looks of this walkthrough um oh I was I was quite far at the looks of the walkthrough but I just I got lost and there was like things that I knew I needed to do and I just didn't know how to do it and I felt like I'd clicked everything and I felt like I'd touched everything and there was only so long that I could think fuck this shit and I just got too frustrated and I left I was like there, there's only so many times that you can ask Deb for help before it turns into 
is this illogical and a bit incomprehensible? Um, and yeah, and it was uh, because other people agreed. Um, I met Varga for the review, and then I read the reviews on the on the doubt, and then a lot of people kind of said said a lot of the same thing. So it is a tricky point and click. It is not for your amateur people, amateur point and clickers. It's not for you. It's not for the the beginners or really, you know. I don't know if anyone would have been able to get that, but I mean, obviously some people have. It had a lot of potential. It was just fucking hard. <laughs> Mm. so unnecessarily hard so illogical um i think i gave a pack of cheetos to a dinosaur and i don't even know if it did anything it didn't really do anything i don't know what to do with it give me an egg what fuck was to do the egg yeah it's a start but uh yeah check it out um it's, it's rated quite well on steam um and i guess that's because you can literally point and click so it's probably a bit faster and everything's a bit you know mm. <laughs> easier to point and click at but yeah it was it was it was fine it was fine I'm, I will go back. Now that there is this extensive walkthrough, I will go back. Um, I've just read something. Use the fish on the wolf. Actually, that does make a bit of sense. But there's just so much stuff where you're just like, why am I doing this with this? Use the beer can on the river. Why would anyone use a beer can on a river? Come on now. You know? <laughs> Anywho, great game. But Fantastic. I'd have loved to have been in that conference room and they worked out all the, all the, all the clues. I am I am finding this game somewhat unusual. Uh, yeah, you might find it unusual. Mm. Mm. Almost as if that's the name of the game. Hmm. Yeah, I don't, didn't they take it literally, though? Yeah, well, they, <laughs> evidently they really did. They really did. That's, that's unusual findings. Um, yeah, you go read um, Cat Swords on it right now on Fingerguns.net. And finally, Josh, your game of the week. Really, I think it's game of the weeks uh, for me. I've kind of not said anything. I've not been here for a few weeks. Been sure. Busy. sure. Uh, it's Session. Um, it's a skateboarding simulator. Um, it's made by skaters, for skaters, and it is the most comprehensive, realistic interpretation of skating in a game that I've ever played. Um I think maybe for I don't uh, more casual players that kind of you know like their EA skates and stuff like that or like the Tony Hawks they might find something in this if they love skateboarding too uh, but if you love those kind of games this isn't that really this is not about um, getting through a quest line or hitting the high score it's literally just doing a trick that you probably wouldn't be able to do in real life unless you practiced for hours on end in in the front of your house on the street or something like I used to do as a kid. Um, it makes a very big point on kind of uh, very specific control movements. So the controls are essentially one one right stick is your or one the right stick is one foot the left stick is the other they control the respective foot depending on what stance you are which is you know kind of where your which which foot of yours is the front of the board um there's regular goofy so i would say i'm regular because i'm left footed so my left stick is my left foot etc um and the intuitive design of kind of like the direction that you would do in real life is the direction that you would pull off in, for the board. Uh, it kind of takes it to a next step from what like skate did, but the singular stick kind of controls 
um, on top of that, there was just, <clears throat> I think uh, Skater XL did a little bit of it as well. They were kind of in, uh, there's a lot of community, there's a big community for this that have kind of a competition of who's better, which was better, which is better. Um, I don't think you can mainly say which one is better, but there are a lot more things in session uh, that for me was just hitting every mark, kind of the amount of customization on not you as a player, because that's quite lacking, like you can't really make who you want per se, um, but the way you skate is almost infinitely changeable to kind of the tightness of your trucks to um, the flick speed of, of your tricks to kind of the gravity that you can have and to the point where <clears throat> it really feels like you are the person doing this. Um, uh, I wrote a review over on the Finger Guns website. Um, I gave it a really good score. Um, I think um, some people... <laughs> It's, it's the great thing about opinion. Some people might disagree with it, but I think uh, where I was so hot on it was because of their uh, innovative behaviour when approaching this game. And for such a small team, they've done such a great job on making it feel like real skateboarding in a game. Um, and that's the highest praise I think it can get, really, that it is true skateboarding in game format. Yeah, it sounds great. It sounds like something that's um, one for like hardcore Tony Hawk fans from back in the day. You know, potentially, potentially, it's really not got anything in line of terms of like beating a high score or anything. Um, but there are quests that you can do, and there are skaters, like real life skaters, that are in it that do give you quests kind of related to their specific set of skills, um, and they have their personality. It's not really. It's it's. <clears throat> it's a lower budget game. So there's no like dialogue in terms of voice or anything like that. It is just text, but that text reads like it would what it would be what that skater would say. And for, for skate fans, like you'd you'd see it, you'd believe it, and you know, you'd feel how much love for, for skateboarding has gotten into this game. Yeah, I mean, sorry, I was on mute there. Um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I say that. I mean, I know Greg jumped off session quite quickly. Um, I know that he was a big fan of Tony Hawk. So it's, um, yeah, it's interesting. But hopefully it finds an audience. It seems to be doing fairly well at the moment. But what about you, Ross? What's your game of the week? My game of the week, I guess, will be the Entropy Sensor. Um, I don't have a full code for it yet. I've only been playing the demo kind of over and over again. <laughs> but... Um, Oh, this game is so cool. Um, this is one that I'm very much looking forward to releasing um, in November, I think it is. And yeah, I can't wait. It's going to be fantastic. It's a... I don't know if you've seen the trailers. I've thrown the trailers into the Slack kind of a few times going like, guys, look at this. This looks so freaking cool. And um, the the demo, which was available during Steam Next Fest, it might still be available now, actually. It could be worth checking out. Um, if you head to Steam, if you've got a PC capable of running it. Um it's just a wonderful mixture of um, control and portal kind of all together. Um, the puzzles are really clever and really smart. Um, God, I feel like a, I feel like a genius when I figure it out. Um, I've, only, I've only played a demo, which simply means I'm only playing the the uh, the puzzles for about the first five or ten minutes of the game. But oh, man, it was just so much fun. Um, 
it really feels like a, a love letter to Portal. And there's a really nice story going through it. There's lovely narrative bit. It seems to be written very well. Um, your AI companion is a is a gun, essentially. Um, and they become your best friend sort of throughout this game. And yeah, but it kind of keeps your uh, keeps your morale up while you're trying to figure out these goddamn puzzles. Um a couple a couple of them were uh infuriating as they often are in games like this. Um I remember trying to get through certain ones in Portal 2 that were drawing my patience somewhat. And this one kind of kind of had the same thing, but when I figured them out, there was just that that oh of course it is, you know, that kind of sense of relief. Um it's almost like you have to do the puzzle first before you can actually play it out. Um so you've got say two boxes and you can control them with your gun, kind of move them as the way you want them. Um, you've got to do the movement first and then sort of rewind time in order for it to play out. I, think, I guess that's the easiest way to describe some of the puzzles. Um, and so you have to move forward in order to get through the room and get to the next puzzle. And yeah, it can get fiddly. It can get complicated. Um, but it's uh, it's so clever and I'm very much looking forward to the uh, to the full release. Um, there's not many games that I'm super hyped for in the lead up to Christmas, um, but the Entropy Center is definitely one of them, and I very much look forward to um, uh, to to that coming out. I think it's coming out at everything, so hopefully I'm going to play it on PS5 when it comes out. But fingers crossed, um, fingers crossed, we uh, we can cover it over at Finger Guns. Um, I'm very much looking forward to it, as you may have already guessed. Uh, so yeah, I guess it would be the Entropy Center. Um, carrying on with FIFA, uh, Taunton Town are now in League Two. Very, very exciting times. Um, we are we are fighting for that promotion at the moment. I'm having a good time. Um, I don't know how I did it, but I've just signed Anthony Martial. Um, that was the weirdest moment of my life. Um, him sort of coming out in a Taunton Town strip that I've just bought for him. Um, he was out of favour apparently at Man United, so um, I snapped him up for a bit of a bargain. So, uh, so yeah, it's 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 all good times in in the FIFA world, and of course, I'm going to be playing um, a Playdale. Hopefully, tonight I've got it preloaded on my Xbox. So if it unlocks at midnight, that's what I'm going to be doing tonight. So very exciting. You know, Miles has gone back into FIFA as well, and I think he's yes. doing the thing where he's playing career. So what you were saying to me was gobbledygook, but I think Miles was. <laughs> Was probably thinking, oh yeah, no. Uh, so this FIFA is it kind of? I, I don't want to say that it's like changed a lot of things because I don't think they do. But is this iteration kind of like a great one compared to the last one? This is my favorite since eighteen for sure. I okay, 18, so that's a long time. Yeah, eighteen. <laughs> eighteen was the last kind of proper revolution, I think. Right. Um, and so it felt very different. Nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, all felt very similar, and um. It kind of lost me big time, but I played the demo for 23. I was like, you know, this feels a lot better. And now I'm going in, be able to create your own club this time and be able to actually take them through the um, through the leagues is a really fun thing to do. And, you know, um, that's that's what's keeping me hooked so far is my own team sort of playing through the leagues and getting it, getting them to the Premier League. That's my goal anyway. That's usually a thing with um, kind of the annualized titles, isn't it? I think you know, with the PS5, this is probably the first one where they've fully probably been able to utilize kind of the, kind of the current gen systems to make it feel as good as you've said. Yeah. And what's so funny about it is this is the last EA Sports FIFA. 
So it's like they, bit of a swan kind of, song, really. Yeah, absolutely. They've kind of gone out with a bang, and mm. um, yeah, I'm very happy with FIFA 23. Um, so yeah, I think I think Miles is the same as well. Where yeah, just the goalkeepers. I just wish the goalkeepers were better. They're so shit, <laughs> <laughs> so bad. But I've been playing some of the online seasons in the last couple of days, and online it's just a whole different beast. But it's it's so like attacking focused. But just really enjoyable, like it's just super fast paced. Um, so yeah, it's good fun and making other players disconnect out of rage. It's just there's no better feeling. It's just like Dead by Daylight, Josh, when you'd make a killer DC or whatever. It's just that same adrenaline here every time. So yeah, I read I'm something about it. I read something about DBD today that they're removing um, disconnect cheaters or something. Yeah, removing DC penalties completely now. I forgot to say that, Josh and Mark. But the thing is, that's that's oh, that's gonna properly like so. DC is such DCing is such a problem in DVD anyway, and now it's gonna encourage entitled fucking players to choose their map, and it'll be like, I don't know this map, DC. Yeah, it it is probably the pinnacle of toxicity within that game, and I think so annoying. We all did it. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, as the three of us who have met through Dead by Daylight. Like amazing game when we played it. I think is is taken a real turn. Um, I, we, um, I feel like we were real ride or dies for that game. And we were, we were yeah, and, absolutely. And we've deleted it. Yeah, no, um, I, deleted it last uh, week. I couldn't believe it when Miles deleted it and Josh just said he deleted it. Just had enough. Like yeah, <laughs> just fucking had enough of it. I got my platinum for the PS5 stack, so it's the second time I platinumed it, and I just I was so excited just to get rid of it, and I never thought I'd I'd be there, but here I am. Look at you now, running around looking for all the chrome areas in Fortnite. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and I'm infinitely happier for it. Yeah, but we're also it. getting a little bit angry because they're getting good again, the players. <laughs> yeah, we're getting the sweats. Yes. Ah, I see. However, I did clutch a match the other week, and I felt very excited about that. Yeah, that was... I all, that almost, was almost exploded. That was the elation we were looking for from <laughs> I finally got there. <laughs> I remember one of my challenges was like hiding long grass for 10 seconds or something. And I did it. And then I just kind of sat there. And I know it's all the circle just kept moving in on me. So I was like, I'm just going to sit here for like 20 minutes, see what happens. And um, yeah, two other people shot each other and I won. <laughs> I just sat in there, just sat in the grass. I didn't kill anyone. The enemy of the enemy and all that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love having uh, that, that's like in my lifetime of Fortnite, it's my second zero kill royale. Because um, the other two just ended up getting each other. But uh, yeah, good times. Good old Fortnite. Uh, right then, let's get... Um, oh, Miles, are you going to get Black Adam as the, the uh, Fortnite skin? What, sorry? You say Black Adam? Yeah. Ooh. I just bought the, Z- the Xenomorph. I was about to Is say the out? Cenobite. I think Black Adam would probably be closer to the movie release, but... Um... Yeah, it comes out Friday, so I assume uh, Friday store will come uh, out. Okay. Ooh. There's a lot of the rock in Fortnite now, isn't there? I mean, why, why wouldn't that be, to be fair? The man's mm. glorious. True, true. All right, Kat, I apologise. Let's do the quiz. That's more than okay. You do not have to apologise at all. Um, Taylor Swift has just released... Um, <laughs> literally, like, half an hour ago, she released that um, on if you buy the... Uh, pre-order the album right now, you can um, get a code for tour tickets. And what's uh... happened? Her site has crashed. <laughs> 
Oh dear. I can't go on it. I can't go on it to pre this fucking album. It's driving me crazy. I've tried my laptop on my phone. My friend is on it, and my friend's boyfriend is on it, and we've all we all can't get in. So that's cool. Anywho, let's do a quiz. Is it TaylorSwift.com? So, merch store. It's the Taylor Swift. Oh, I've just got in. Oh, I'm in. Yeah, yeah. me too. I pre-ordered yeah, four. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I just got two tickets. Did you? Did you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I got nine. Oh, I've just got a ticket to meet her. He, she's, she's playing Blackbrook Pavilion. What? Playing Bridgewater Town Hall. What? That's really Park. My God. Anywho. Bonus. We haven't got to go nowhere. <laughs> Anywho, let's do a quiz. Um, so, I thought I would celebrate a certain game's release this week and a certain Toby's Big Fat Ten on a plague tale with a little bit of a plague tale quiz don't you go googling it now guys quickly because i got all the answers here um so same as someone told me they missed the um they missed the buzzers the other day but they understand they understand why the buzzers cannot be um (laughs) i think they just missed toby going squawk 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 (laughs) um so yeah as per have an emoji if you, or raise your hand if you want to answer it, and uh, then I will pick on you. And if you get it wrong, you are frozen out forever. No, I'm kidding. Just for that answer, and um, and then I will uh, pick on you or pick on someone else to answer it for you. Are you alright there, Kat? Um, you sound like there's a lot of movement going on around it you. Does doesn't it? Yeah. Really? I was yeah. trying to get a pen. Sorry. Oh, okay. I no, it's alright. Keep score. I'm so sorry. Okay, I will stay really, really still. Anywho, must be the headset. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, maybe. My bad. Okay, are you ready? Yes. Beautiful. Okay, so... It's only been, like, three years since I played, I played Zelda since. That's <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> so... so that's, that's why these questions are, like, not not massively hard. Okay. Because, like, yeah, it's, it's specific to one game, so... Um, okay, so question one. What country is a Plague Tale set in, Miles? France. Yeah, see, I told you. You're fine. <laughs> what? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, what? What is or what are the Inquisition after? Ross. Taylor Swift tickets. <laughs> they probably are. The I wondered what Taylor Swift would appear in this. <laughs> they are. They are. They are. Okay. Okay. Let me change the start one point. Of the get in. Let me. St- let me. <laughs> okay, Miles. Hugo. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Cool. <laughs> I was like, they chase him about. It's probably yeah. <laughs> um, Okay. Uh, who are the developers of a playtale? Miles? A Sobo studio. <laughs> nice, nice catch, Ross. But uh, that Thanks. was Miles. <laughs> I'm wearing a t-shirt that has tails on it, and his name is Miles. So oh, I okay. don't know if you're talking to me or not. It's very confusing. Oh, fair enough. Okay. Okay, that's, that's fair enough. Next time yeah. I'll go not Roscoe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, question four. In what year was Plague Tale released? Uh, actual Roscoe. Uh, 2018. You are wrong, sir. Anyone else? I, I did raise my hand, yeah. Joshua. Yeah. Uh, 2017. You are wrong, sir. Miles, you raised your hand. 2019. Yes. Man, COVID fucked me up. <laughs> it does feel like it was a twenty. It does feel game. like ages ago. Plague Tales released, yeah. 
Um, what are or is I'm having a breakdown today. Um, Amisa and Hugo's surname. Miles. Darun. There's no way you remembered that. That's crazy good. All right, Wikipedia. I got the memory for games that I like. You do. That's crazy. Swift. (laughs) (laughs) Power. Amicia Swifty. The Hedgehog. Uh, okay, um, question six. What real-life disease does a plague tell loosely reference? Miles. Uh, the Black Death Plague, or the Bubonic Plague. Yeah, you're right. It's a bit boring now, Miles. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> doing it, uh, Greg. This is what it feels like to be Greg for a week. Does it feel good to be Greg? I mean, for the quiz, yes. Mm. Um, what is the substance of Hugo's blood that controls his power cord? Oh, Ross. Oh, I didn't lower my hand from the last question. It was a legacy hand. Okay, fine. Did you want to give it a shout anyway? No? Um, Okay. (laughs) Sure. Um, uh, Tomato ketchup. (laughs) You are so correct. I knew it! Oh, God, I I wish that was the answer. Could you imagine, Uh, like, a deep and emotional cutscene being like, your blood. Tomato Tomato ketchup! ketchup. (laughs) Tomato ketchup controls the rats. Uh, Amicia! Amicia, the tomato ketchup hurts! Um, Josh. I was going to say Venom, like the Eminem song. But, um, yeah, exactly that. Okay. Um, some denim. But then Ross said k- k- uh, ketchup, and I thought chicken nuggets. But Ooh. it's neither of those. No, nor is it chicken nuggets. The chicken nuggets must be in the sequel. Ross? Um, I don't know. Mayo. Okay. Um... <laughs> It's actually still my joke. Whatever. The, yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, it's called the Prima Macula. Oh. Question eight. Who is a Plague Tales Innocence Big Bad? Like, i.e. the end boss. Ross? Kanye West. <laughs> it's ye. Uh, oh. Anyone else? Ross? I know his title. Okay. He's the Grand Inquisitor. You don't know his name. No, I don't know his name. I just know he's called the Grand Inquisitor. Ross. Uh, Ross. Josh, do you want to give it a pop? Uh, Lord Snoke. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Miles, uh, I'll give you half a point. All right, thanks. Uh, oh, because he was, fucking needed name? one, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this <laughs> is a close run race. Everything you can get out of curiosity. <laughs> Amicia, uh, I'm really happy for you, and I'm gonna let you finish. I'm gonna let you finish, but Hugo is a fucking annoying. Hugo, the greatest album of all time. Uh, his name is Vitalis. Oh uh, yeah, of course yeah. he is because of that. Yeah. 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 Anywho, uh, question nine: What is the full title of the sequel? Ross. Plato Requiem. Okay, yeah, well done. Point. Point. A point. Well, that's no, the no, really. I really don't. I really don't remember anything about a playtime. Um, God. and question ten: How do you spell requiem? <laughs> Ross. It is R. Yeah. E. Yeah. Q. Yeah. U. Yeah. I. Yeah. E. Yeah. M. Yeah. yeah. You know what? You actually put that as a tweet yesterday after I'd already written the quiz. I was like, "Fuck." <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> okay. Superb. There you go. That All was, right, okay. That was the quiz. That's too bad Toby wasn't here. I might do it on Toby later, but Toby, how many did Goodness. you get? Did 
Jesus Christ. No. Wow. I'm going to get on Toby later. Is that what you said? No, I do. That's gross. That's the He's caption. a father, Kat. He's a father. Say that. <laughs> I said I'm going to It doesn't matter what I said. Oh, I was... I was going to say, you, you oh, can't God. make yourself out of this one. Jesus Christ. I meant I was going to DM her on the Slack. Time to do quiz. Let me know how much you got. Anyway. Uh, Miles, you won. Well done. Thanks. Well, it was. Six and a half points. It was really close. I was so close there. Yeah, you were. You actually, Joshua, was the second closest with uh, I was, zero. I was third place. You were. You were third. Yeah, you were. Bronze medal for you. Um, I was only second in that one. Yeah, you got two points. Sweet, I'll take that. Yeah, <laughs> I'll take that. Well, my answers were about the sequel, but you know, I'll take it. There you go. <laughs> yeah, it was innocence. That was what I was gonna. But hey oh. Yeah. What was innocence? <sighs> the title. I mean, the first title. I thought that's. Oh, I see. About. Yeah, yeah. No, I said the the full title of the sequel. Oh well, that's me not listening. That's why I didn't get any points, Josh. He's not listening to me. <laughs> I'm consistent. What can I say? Yeah, you are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Cat well, Kelly quiz once thank, again. Thank you very much, Cat. Oh, I'm in. In where? Shut the fuck up. No, I'm. I'm gen- genuinely in. No. <laughs> Go away. Can you buy the album for me, please, and give me the code? <laughs> sure. Uh, which one do you want? Do you want Jade Green, Blood Moon, Mahogany? Well, the uh, lavender one. No, the lavender one sold out. I'd like the Blood Moon one. If that's Blood okay. Moon. Okay. Uh, well, I've just got a text NHS alert. You've been in close contact with someone who has tested positive. Or oh, okay. That's a scam because I don't um... do trap and trace no more. Oh, well, now I'm out of sight. No, I'm back in. There we go. Pre-order. Sorry, we're experiencing a large number of requests. Oh, my God. There you go. See, that's an annoying thing. Oh, slightly overwatched two cues. Bringing it oh back to video games. <laughs> um, anyway, okay, while I'm doing this, I will get you that down CD. I'm going to, if it kills me. No, it's okay. I've got um, three people on it, but thank you anyway, Ross. It's very kind of you. Well, I'm, I'm going to try. And if not, I'll just do it for <laughs> myself. Um, yeah, let's talk Bayonetta. The biggest news of the week was that Bayonetta's voice actor is telling fans to boycott Bayonetta 3, after an insulting offer, I'm going to read from VGC, everyone's favourite 4 out of 10 website. This is Chris Scullion. Bayonetta's voice actor has asked fans to boycott the upcoming third game, claiming she was offered an insulting fee to reprise her role. In a series of video messages published on Twitter on Saturday, Helena Taylor alleged she was offered just $4,000 to return for Bayonetta 3 and criticised developer Platinum and publisher Nintendo. It was recently confirmed that Taylor had been replaced in her role as a lead in the third game by veteran actress Jennifer Hale. At the time, Platinum claimed it was due to Taylor's schedule, but Taylor has now denied this was the case. In the video messages, which Taylor claimed was an act of her breaking non-disclosure agreements, the actress claimed she wrote to Platinum Games head Hideki Kamiya, who offered her what she called an immoral offer to reprise her role. She went on to claim that her concern about being out of work caused her to suffer anxiety, depression and suicidal thoughts. Platinum Games Vice President Hideki Kamiya has responded to Taylor's claims, claiming them untrue. Um, he went on a bit of a Twitter rampage this week. I don't know if you saw it. But the main one was sad and deplorable about the attitude of untruth. That's what that's what that's all I can tell now. By the way, in big capital letters, beware of my rules. Jesus Christ. So, yeah, um, the article does go on, but it's uh, primarily um what Helena said in her tweets. You can still find them on Twitter, they're still up. If you go to at Helena Taylor, H-E-L-L-E-N-A-T-A-Y-L-O-R. Now, this is interesting because, of course, um, we were all very excited about Bayonetta 3. Um, it's been a long time coming. 
And um, me and Miles had a brief chat about this before the uh, pod began. And Miles, you're not you're not feeling it so much anymore. It's just made me sad. Like I love Benner. I played the first one on it was on PlayStation Three, and I just adored that game. Um, I went through and played it like three times, I think, to platinum it. It's just a brilliant game, and I was devastated when the second one was a Nintendo exclusive because I've never owned a Nintendo console past the N sixty four. So I was really glad to not get to play it, and then I was super excited because obviously. Um, Cat has a switch, which occasionally she lets me borrow, which is very kind of her. Um, to play like the odd game that I'm actually interested in on Nintendo's front, and Bayonetta three was one of my one a year that I'm actually genuinely interested in, and I was really excited for Bayonetta three, but this kind of puts a sting on it. Um, Helen, Helena Taylor, is it Helena or Helena? Because people can be quite particular with it. Is it? Helena? Um, I'm going with the two L's, so it's Helena. I think Helena. Okay, all right, I'll try and get it right. Um. She's a fantastic voice actress, and I think the way she portrays Bayonetta is perfect for that character, and I genuinely cannot imagine, even though I really respect Jenna Bayel, I think she's absolutely incredible. I just, I can't see anyone else or hear anyone else as Bayonetta, and she has a very distinct character style and voice, and without that, I feel like you do lose a part of the character. It's obviously not going to break the game itself at the end of the day, but I feel like it's kind of a massive middle finger to someone who has helped create and make that character into what they are. And it's just a shitty situation all around to have, for her to have to break an NDA just to actually kind of tell her side of the story. And from the sound of the tweets that you said that the director put out or the person put out, they sound a little bit unhinged, which makes me kind of veer on the side of she's probably telling the truth yes. and they're a bit pissed off that they've been exposed. Um it's sad. I really like Platinum Games. I like what they make. And it's a shame that the game and the company are now going to get overshadowed by what is probably a shitty corporate decision to underpay, which is quite common in the industry, unfortunately. Um, but I just think fair play to her for coming out and you know telling everyone what's happened or her perspective from it. Um, I think because of the NDA culture, people don't get the opportunity to express enough how shit this industry can be towards voice actors and people who do a lot of the work to make the games that we love and make the characters that we appreciate um so i think it's sad it's kind of put a bit of a dampener on the game for me a little bit and a part of me thinks you know i'd rather wait and get it you know discounted or sale but nintendo never do that and it just sucks because i wanted to be able to enjoy this game without any sense of like guilt (laughs) and i feel like i'll have a little bit of guilt about it because i do feel that her call for boycotting it is a genuine one um I don't know. I'm in two minds about it. Part of me still really wants to play the game itself, having the opportunity to play it. And the other developers obviously work super hard on the game. But on another point, I really do feel that it's a shame that somebody so important to the series has been basically shafted by a dickhead. Yeah. I mean, shafted is the word, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, they've got in Jennifer Hale, who is a is a triple-A voice actor. Yeah. You know, Nolan North, Troy Baker level, we were talking yeah. about here. You know, She was Rivet in Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart. You know, she was... She's Firm Shep in Mass Effect. Yeah, exactly. She was in The Rise of Skywalker, for God's sake. Yeah. You know, she's Marie Hill from the Avengers games, and one assumes she was not paid $4,000 for her role in this game. <laughs> I'm pretty sure even Kojima probably paid her more to be Naomi in Metal Gear Solid, and that's not even, like, a main role. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so it it just smacks of a company looking for an excuse to get rid of someone. Yes. Um, rather than them lowballing her because they don't think she's worth that much. They just wanted a bigger actress to play the role. Um, which sucks. Which is really sad. And I don't understand um, why. 
because she's excellent. <laughs> like she's yeah. really good. I don't get it. Yeah, it's iconic, isn't it? Her performance as Bayonetta, and um, it really should have led to much bigger things, but evidently it didn't, which is really sad. Um, you know, Bayonetta is such an iconic character, and that's why people were begging so much for it to come back. Yeah, and you know, no, without any disrespect to Jennifer Hale, Jennifer Hale is incredible. Um, you know, she's an actress and she took a job. You know, it's not, it's not on her at all. Any of this. Um, yeah, absolutely. Even though she is starting to get abuse from Nintendo fans. Uh, which of course that happens, but it fucking sucks when it does. Yeah. Um, she she has made a statement on Twitter, Jennifer Hill. Um, As a long time member of the voice acting community, I support every actor's right to be paid well, and have advocated consistently for this for years. Anyone who knows me, who has followed my career, will know that I have great respect for my peers, and that I am an advocate for all members of the community. I am under an NDA, and I'm not at liberty to speak regarding the situation. My reputation speaks for itself. I sincerely ask that everyone keep in mind that this game has been created by an entire team of hardworking, dedicated people, and I hope everyone will, be, uh, will have an open mind about what they've created. Finally, I hope everyone involved may resolve their differences in an amicable and respectful way. Which is, you know, that's a hugely classy response to everything that's going on, um, I think. Um, she obviously is on the side of Platinum and Nintendo, because, you know, one would argue that she kind of has to be, and, you know, it's, it, it's a reminder that this game has been made by a huge team of developers and not just the heads of Platinum who have made these unfortunate decisions. Um, it's, yeah, it's not a, it's not a nice story for kind of anyone involved really, but um, there's very, seems very little that um, Helena Taylor can really do about it except for expose the truth, I guess. Um, in the, in, um, in that regard. Um, Kat, have you played Bayonetta? Do you have any kind of like personal kind of thoughts regarding this? No, I've never played Bayonetta. I think it's kind of it's kind of a bishamo, isn't it? Like it sucks a little bit. I think it sucks that I mean there's gonna be um she would have taken consequences of breaking the NDA to um to tell her the truth, you know, that she's likely gonna get sued for that, there'll be consequences of doing that. And like you said, that that shows that she's probably there's probably a lot of truth to this. But like we then just said like it's unlikely that Jennifer Hale is being paid four thousand pounds. I don't think it's her fault. I think a lot of people will come for Jennifer to say like you should stand down too in light of it, in support of it. But I think like there's also the side of you know people have food to put on the table and and things like that. And yeah, it's it's just a bit. It's just all a bit yikes, isn't it? It's just um yeah. And just didn't he so following Taylor's video tweets, Bayonetta director, um, I don't want to be rude. Hideki Kamiya? Hideki Kamiya. Hideki. Hideki Kamiya. Anywho, tweeted simply, I warned you before his Twitter account was deactivated. Yeah. Gross. Like gross. That's gross. Like fuck off. <laughs> Like, do you know what I mean? Like, that's just, you can't silence somebody when you are, do you know I mean? Trying to silence somebody like that by saying, like, you know, this is really insulting. I guess, I think, yeah, it's, it just sucks. Like, they didn't break any rules. It was just a bit yucky, wasn't it? It's just like, you know, it's bringing in someone new for the fourth Harry Potter film to play Harry Potter. It just shouldn't be done. Like you should just keep with what the fans love. Um, so it's just all yikes, 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 yikes. I don't play it and I've never played it, mm. but 
it's yikes. Indeed, indeed, it's um, it, yeah, it's a, it's a murky situation, um, and it's probably going to get a lot worse. Um, Josh, have you got a history with the Bayonetta series? Um, no, I don't. Uh, I have bought it and I have wanted to play it. Um, I've just not got around to it. Too many games to play. Um, however, I think um, James Stephanie Sterling put out a video a few hours ago uh, breaking down a lot of the situation and they actually did a really good job with uh, highlighting points that in history of in, in games of these situations that have happened um, kind of pointing blame at the Union SAG-AFTRA, SAG-AFTRA more than anything, um, kind of leaving their conditions and their contract management to be the worst it could possibly be. Um, so SAG-AFTRA is a union for American actors uh, it for, and um, video game voice acting falls under that. It also falls under, you know, movie stars and stuff like that. So it's, it's a wide net that they cast for this union. Um, but video games notoriously have bad payment. Um, now, whilst Jennifer Hale might not have got paid $4,000, I think not much better um, because there is a lot of things uh, that has noticeably happened in, in the industry where this has been a thing. Um, funny that um, Miles mentioned Metal Gear Solid because the voice of Solid Snake for so many games, apart from the last one, David Hayter, uh, he went through some a lot of turmoil through re-auditioning for his own role in multiple games. Um, and it wasn't until the fifth one where they actually succeeded in getting a named star, which I think Konami and Kojima themselves kind of wanted to, to have like a pedestal star key for Sutherland to be in it. Um, and, you know, that's quite a, a sour note to end on, on a series that he's, you know, spent decades on at that point when he when it came to Metal Gear Solid 5 of being the voice of a character and being the most recognisable voice in my childhood and I think in a lot of other people's childhood of growing up enjoying those games um, and another one that they pointed out was um, GTA 4 um, the voice of Nico Bellic, Michael Hollick, he came out and said, right, okay I was a no- nobody before GTA 4 that's fair. Like the pay that I got, okay. Like I, I'm not someone who recognizes me. However, GTA 4 at the time was the most successful game ever, and they saw no, you know, uh, monetary what's the name to that at all. So they got paid a flat rate. They made like what, like two mil, two uh, billion or something stupid, and they saw no kind of. Uh, cut back from that and that is from the union not being able to finalize deals that are good for actors and voice actors in particular um and <clears throat> i think um james stephanie Sterling makes a good point on kind of how we should act in this time where helena is telling us to boycott a game um it's a sticky situation on, on what to do with that because on one hand you've got <clears throat> a voice uh, telling you to do that and to be try and make change. Uh, but at the same time, it's not just one person that's kind of suffering from this. Like, so what can we do really? Like at this point is boycotting enough? Um, 
I don't personally think boycotting is enough at this point. Uh, it's I just hope that this story um, has legs and people like Michael Hollick, who kind of got um, shunned from the industry after voicing it, being called greedy, you know, being like saying he was ungrateful, they were ungrateful for um, not, you know, to not just be proud that they were the role of Nico Bellic. Like, it's not greed that they're after. Like, Helena's not greedy. They just want to be paid fair. Like, $4,000 is in America is probably like, you know, a month's rent or something like that in something as stupid like LA. Um, and <clears throat> if you got to think, like, Bayonetta is the title character. How many voice lines are they going to have? How many takes are they going to have, you know, for the length of the game? It's just not a justified cost. Um, and it is the union that sets up these deals for these actors that get shafted. Um, and hopefully this is a stepping stone into the right direction where in the recent events outside of video game industry, there has been people that have been kind of deplatformed and that has made an effect. Um, and I'm not saying to deplatform platinum or anything like that, but I'm saying like, I think voices are being heard these days. And hopefully that means that something good can come out of this. I sure hope so. I really do because you know, Helena deserves better. I think the fans deserve better than this. And, you know, yeah, it's put a really dark cloud over the release, which was going to be, you know, really Nintendo's big release this Christmas. So, uh, yeah, it's a damn shame. I don't think, um, I don't know if Mario Rabbids really has the same pull power as Bayonetta. <laughs> but, uh, it's, it's doing well review-wise, but it's, mm. you know, like the last one, it, it just didn't sell. It, the last one didn't really sell very well because of it's quite a niche game. But yeah, I mean, it's it's supposed to be really good. So if you don't want to get Bayonetta, get the new Mario um, Rabbids game. Yeah, yeah. Chris Pratt's not in that. It is Charles Martinet. So you know, you've got that. Oh, <laughs> that no, I'm, I'm joking. <laughs> Thank I God. Even say that with a straight face. What did you make of the Mario trailer? What did I make of it? I think it's amazing animation. I think the pedigree of Illumination is great. Um, I'm not a fan of Minions per se, but I can I can recognise that it's a, a franchise, like Despicable Me and that are as a franchise and that is revered and there's great animation in there. So I don't think they're going to mess it up, you know. I think this is going to be a Sonic thing where hardcore fans are going to be poo-poo in it until it's out and then when it's out and people are like actually it's pretty good then they're gonna be like oh shit yeah it's pretty it's actually really good and uh, i think it's gonna be that i think uh some of the other voice actors that we've not even seen or heard yet are are wild more wild castings than chris pratt as mario um like i think chris pratt as mario is just a very generic um easy answer when it comes to kind of uh mainstream movies like it's a star and it's a, mm. a voice that is going to be plain but you kind of need a plain voice as opposed to i don't know i, I think and jack black as bowser come on like yeah cannot wait seth yeah. rogan as donkey kong come on exactly this is what i'm talking about seth rogan as donkey kong like how is he going to sound just that <laughs> <laughs> just, be great. just his donkey kong laugh is going to be hilarious yeah 
Yeah. Well, there we are. Uh, we shall keep uh, updated on this story because it is it's really interesting, and I hope that um, Helena gets some kind of uh, some kind of I don't know, just some peace with it, really. And uh, we shall see. But let's go to our second and final piece of news. Sony tells regulator COD players are likely to switch to Xbox even without exclusivity. PlayStation believes Microsoft could differentiate the Xbox versions of future games. And this is all about the Activision Blizzard takeover from Microsoft, which still is seems like a way off. Um, there still seems like a long, long way to go in this. And Sony have uh, put their foot in and said, no, we don't want this to happen. We don't want to lose COD, basically. Um, I'm going to read a little bit from VGC, from Andy Robertson. Sony has told the UK's competition regulator that it believes some Call of Duty players are likely to switch to Xbox, even if the series remains on PlayStation following Microsoft's proposed acquisition of Activision Blizzard. That's partly due to the increased differentiation. That's a long word, Andy. It believes could emerge between the Xbox and PlayStation versions of future COD games, should Microsoft's proposed deal be approved by global market regulators. That's in addition to the obvious benefit that would emerge for consumers, should Microsoft's intention to bring Call of Duty to its Game Pass service come to fruition. Despite repeated assurances from Xbox that the Call of Duty series which regularly the best-selling release of the year in the US will remain on PlayStation, Sony has been engaged in an increasingly public war of words over the proposed deal, until pressed that Microsoft's offer in regards to the future of COD was inadequate on many levels. Regulators around the world are currently scrutinizing Microsoft's proposed acquisition, with the UK CMA voicing similar concerns that the deal could harm PlayStation and other game subscription services, should Microsoft make Activision Blizzard content exclusive to its platform. Now this is very strange because of course if you have been playing call of duty for the last few years you'll know that there's been a absolute ton of playstation exclusive content on call of duty playstation have always had the marketing rights to call of duty and have done for a long long time and always get those extra levels or extra guns or extra xp or whatever it is and now that she's on the other foot it would appear that sony are not too pleased um josh is this getting a little bit out of control <laughs> For sure. Um, yeah, it's just, I feel like it's just throwing tomatoes at this point. Um, <laughs> uh, what does Sony expect? I think that is what I was going to bring up. Like you, but you've already said it. Like, what, how much of exclusivity early, like sort of things that PlayStation, that Sony and um, Activision have had with Call of Duty on their, uh, on, on their IP? It's just like, yeah, of course. And, you know what? Yeah, they are right when it comes to put people might go to Xbox. Um, I think um, the only thing Sony can bank on is that kids have already got their consoles now, so they can't switch. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, what does it matter? It's really not going to be that. I don't think it's going to be that significant. Um Whilst I don't necessarily agree with the Activision acquisition, business is business. Um, you know, the numbers are out there that even if they take on the company, it's not a monopoly. It's, you know, there's not going to have that much money. There's people like Tencent that have got way more money and way more stakes in the game industry. Um, so it's, it's much of a muchness at the moment. I think, like you said, it's very early doors. And I think... Um, I think the deal is very early on compared to say like Bethesda when we heard about it it was 
basically close to finalization um and i think these type these things take months and months and i think they're just throwing as much as they can at it to make draw it out as long as possible um because i don't see the end result being that people are going to realize oh actually yeah this is going to be a monopoly we can't let this happen because it's not that's not going to be the case by the end of this it's not um so their end goal for it i have no clue um i I have no clue where their headspace is at for their, what they're attempting is going to be their goal sort of thing um, in delaying an, 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 an inevitability at this point. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I can't, I don't know what much else to say about that. No, I mean, I mean, Mars, we've, we've talked to Raiders about this and this has been going on now for over a year. Um, yeah. we've, we've been waiting for this, for this acquisition to go through. Um, we said, you know, the biggest difference is that COD is going to be on Game Pass. Yeah. And that's it, really. Um, you can either play 70 quid on PlayStation or nothing on Xbox. Mm-hmm. Um, isn't that the bigger fear rather than exclusive content? These two just need to get a fucking room. Like, <laughs> it's just annoying that it's being aired so publicly. Normally, this kind of stuff just goes down like behind closed doors and executive board meetings. But yeah, I think part of the issue is Game Pass in the sense that if xbox or microsoft get this thing onto game pass it brings in a bunch of people to subscribe to it and i think people kind of forget like we obviously follow the industry very closely we pay loads and loads of different games every single year but the majority of people who will buy a console do not care about the majority of games that we play they care about card and fifa and all those types like they want the big hitters so the casual market is where all the money is and I think Sony know that. They know this is going to be a massive chunk out of their own revenue stream. Um, it's why they pay extortionate amounts for the stupid DLCs that they buy with card every single year. And I think, Josh, you touched on it. It's just so hypocritical. Or Ross, I think you may have said, actually. Like, it's just so hypocritical. They pay all this money, and they have done for years, to get maps or levels or cosmetic shite to get put onto their system to draw players in. And now they're just complaining because Microsoft have gone, well, fuck you, we'll just buy them and then we can be done with it. Like, it it just smacks of Sony just being embarrassed, really, that they can't do anything to actually prevent this happening. This deal will go through because this isn't a monopoly. This is a video game company. They make a big video game. But God of War, Horizon, Returnal, all of Sony's exclusive lineups also sells bucket loads of of copies so are microsoft going to come back and just be like well you know you need to make god of war available on microsoft because otherwise that's monopoly like it just gets stupid you can't argue it's monopoly just because one game series is particularly large and microsoft have the means to buy it um there's plenty more space in the industry in the market and i think sony are just trying to delay it as long as possible to get as much revenue and money out of call of duty as they can before it gets moved over and i think you know Phil Spencer said, you know, they'll keep it on PlayStation for three years. They don't have to do that. You know, they have absolutely no incentive nor need to do so. But I also personally think if if Sony hadn't have bothered with all this kind of antics or charade about it, it's kind of silly for Xbox to take it off PlayStation because the revenue stream there is huge. And like we've touched on, all the consoles are already sold and the PlayStation sold exponentially well. So realistically, if Xbox were to remove it from PlayStation, they'd be cutting off a massive source of revenue, albeit some people would switch over for that, maybe even a big chunk. 
But I just feel like it just wouldn't be a good move because people who don't switch, they now get no money from them when they can monetize Call of Duty to then put into their own projects and exclusives, which would actually serve them much better. And if it's on Game Pass, they don't need to remove it because the price point will be, you know, free. I just think I feel like in this, it's just two companies arguing over how much money they're both going to be making into the future. And it's just a bit stupid. And do you know what? Before PlayStation's uh, partnership with them, it was I, I could have sworn it was back at Xbox that sort of semi-exclusive stuff with Call of Duty before PlayStation made a deal with it. I was quite young when that was a thing. I feel like they like Call of Duty did have a home at Xbox before that. I think um, right, yeah. Yeah, and, and uh, another kind of thing that kind of came to my head when you were talking about it, Mars, was uh, do you think they're kind of, Sony are kind of clamouring at the moment because they know they need to get their shit together with this PlayStation Plus stuff. Because yes. Game, Game Pass is becoming a giant. Uh, yeah. I think it, it is already a giant with what it has to offer. But with Call of Duty, that's I feel like that is just kind of tipping it over the edge a little bit on how on the terms of um, the price of it and the actual um, quality of of owning Game Pass. And PlayStation are so far behind. That this is kind of they're trying to delay it by trying to get their service a little bit better before this inevitable changeover. Yeah, I think that's exactly it. I think Sony know full well they cannot argue in a court of law that this creates a monopoly or is a complete unfair advantage because the argument is we'll just make your own series and your own games that are just as big. And while that's almost impossible because Call of Duty just somehow, you know, erupted into this juggernaut of the the industry. Sony still have their market that's not lost and I think Xbox uh, or Game Pass already has like the EA Play system so you can play FIFA on there you know you kind of nailed it Josh if they've got all the casual gamers markets nailed on you know Minecraft FIFA if they get Call of Duty in there even some of Blizzard stuff you know Overwatch into the future that kind of thing Halo's not done particularly well post its launch so they need something to kind of reinvigorate their shooting franchises and Getting Call of Duty is just the most obvious solution to that problem. And I think Sony are just upset that they don't have the means to do it. Because <laughs> let's be honest, if they did, yeah. you know, Sony quite happily bought Bungie in the hope of making Destiny that, which is not. But, you know, they'd have done it themselves if they had the opportunity to. Microsoft are just the bigger fish. They are the biggest fish. Um, yeah. But, you know, I mean, what's interesting about this is that, you know, Microsoft have come out again today and said, well, Sony, PlayStation is too big to fail. You know they they're very aware that they, they are the market leader. PlayStation is the biggest name in gaming, synonymous with casual games, whether it be FIFA or Call of Duty. And you know Microsoft are very aware that Sony are going to be fine. You know <laughs> and that's and that's their point. You know it's like this isn't that big of a deal. Um, I don't know how much money Sony make from COD every year. I imagine they are stressing out about this. So it must be a significant amount, one would assume. But they're not going to lose that. I don't think. Um, Kat, are Sony too big to fail? Is are, are they making a bigger deal out of this, do you think, than they should? Yeah, it sounds like petulant fucking kids in a playground. Because if it was the other way around, Sony would be middle finger and Xbox so hard. They'd be like, well, we did it first, fuck you. Like... I just it just sounds like the kid who cried wolf a little bit. Like you get the bully can't be 
<laughs> can't be the one who's crying at the end of the day. Like it's just I don't know. It's a patch- it just reminds me of just like a bit of petulance, really, because I think that you know it, this isn't a shock. Like and yes, yeah, Sony are like we've spoken about this loads. Like when does it stop? When does the acquisition turn into? ridiculousness where it's going to be like clear divides everywhere and you can't pay this without having that and you can't have that on oh so you own that and it's you know but like has that not always been the case from the start like it's just you know bigger and better this time and I think just because Sony are losing god which they're not really losing anyway um, I think it's I think it's rich for Sony to say it's going to be some people to go over to Xbox. Like, yeah, babe, that's always been the case for you. Like, that's always been the case. It's never this isn't a shock that you know it's it's sometimes Xbox for Sony. But like, oh, just I don't know. I just think like the rich shut up. Like, you win a lot of the times. Like, Xbox have Game Pass. You know, they made an offer. They pulled out their big. You know, they they used their thinking heads and not their drinking heads. And what are you going to do about it? You can, you, well, what they're going to do about it is sit there and cry like babies. Yeah. you got, like you said, Ross, you've got Horizon, you've got God of War, you've got, you know, Ratchet and Clank, you've got fucking loads of stuff. Like, grow up. Like, yeah. Uh, and, you know, you know, I think Xbox get to, you know, do Game Pass and you can't play the, the, the Monopoly game and not be burned a little bit. So... You know, that's why people, families fall out playing the real Monopoly. The game <laughs> fucking sucks. I mean, I love Monopoly. But, like, do you know what I mean? Like, I just, I don't know. I just think, shut up. <laughs> and, I think, and I think the three of three of us, me, me, Kat, Miles, I know, Ross, you kind of, you're on all consoles and stuff like that and PC as well. So I feel like you don't feel this to be a thing for you because you can kind of play what you want anywhere. Um, but I think me, Cat and Miles are mainly PlayStation players. Um, we're not on PlayStation for Call of Duty. Yeah, yeah, 100%. 100%. Um, and I and I only speak for myself. I do like Call of Duties. For some, for some reason, I get roped into buying them every year. Um, but I'm not there for it. I'm yeah. there for what Sony does have. And Sony are kind of making out like God, of War, like God of War. Call of Duty is kind of like their thing. At the moment, mm. it, it I feels mean, like they're yeah. making out that... And it is to a point because, oh, okay, she's got the uh, tickets or something. Hmm? That, that gasp was for? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I just, want to, uh, I just, I just uh, want to confirm. Um, I did get into the... Oh, yeah, I'll get on the tickets. I'm um, being kicked out. Ross managed to get all the way through. Oh, yeah. nice. <laughs> we have... We, we have we have pre-ordered. I thought that's what that Taylor gas Swift's. was for. <laughs> uh, I think that was my chair. I think that was my chair. We have pre-ordered Taylor Swift's uh, brand new album, Midnight Town, on the 21st of October. And uh, the pre-sale code is coming soon. Wait, Fair so enough. your chair gasped? Yeah, I didn't gasp. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't gasp. <laughs> that's how shocking it is. Yeah, that's how shocking it is. That's how done it is with this acquisition. To be fair, <laughs> I think you're like, I'm just thinking about it, Josh, and I'm like, who in their right fucking mind? buys a playstation because sony pay for like an extra map a year on cod like no no one even knows no one cares like i don't know they play play where their friends are and i think playstation at the moment have been on top since ps4 um and it's not because of the exclusivity it's because of um well what do you think the reasons for ps4 i think it was a cheaper console it had better things to offer at the time um and that's where all the friends played in the end yeah. because there was a bit mega cheaper. ton of people went to PS4 
at the start of that generation because Microsoft screwed up the yeah. launch. Oh, like of course, how could I forget? Really? They basically wanted to make it like a like a skybox of video yeah. games. It yeah. was the uh, tutorial on how to lend your friend a game by Sony. Mm-hmm. I think that really sealed the deal yeah. for people. Yeah, all the DRM and stuff like that. How, how could I? F- it's a lifetime ago since then. Microsoft fucked themselves yeah. and so yeah, literally just ran, the, yeah. ran with the ball. <laughs> and where here you think, go, COD exclusives, layers. And I think I've forgotten because of the changes that I have made that are so appealing um, that I, I forgot all about their kind of, which at this point are not poor decisions. They're actually kind of decisions that uh, in this year would probably fly. And people would agree yeah. with in terms of the console. Um, I mean, even PlayStation have got their own discless version, which was what they were pushing for. Um, so, yeah, I think the player base is just uh, because of, it's not just Call of Duty. It's because of what they have to offer in terms of everything. Um, and Game Pass is just too good to pass up in, in an in a economy right now. Like Game Pass is the way forward. And Call of Duty being there, it's just going to make it a cherry on top. Yeah, but then uh, it's not this uh, card, is it? It's card, it's Crash, it's Spyro, it's League of Legends, it's freaking World yeah, of Warcraft, it's Diablo, yeah. it's just it's Ca- a Candy mass- Crush. Candy you know crush. what? As well as like, but if Sony would have done it, they wouldn't have given a shit. No, they would have fought no. Xbox to the end. They'd have been like, "Fuck you!" And actually, we'll rip it from you now. Like, do you know what I mean? That's like, yeah. they're just cru- they're just sulking. That's but what they, it Microsoft, is. Microsoft they would have ate it. They would have just ate it and moved on and done something. Yeah, else. Like, do you know what? Fair enough. You got there first. Our oh, bad. And uh, it is. It just feels like sulking. The difference being, Sony would never been able to afford it. Yeah, they wouldn't even be able to get <laughs> close. Also, Ross, you know. the yes. prospect of you could have like a warthog in Call of Duty. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's or the kind Master of dream. Chief. Master Chief just crossing over into Call of Duty and like yeah. grabbing your hammer. Would I be people. surprised if that is an Xbox exclusive skin for an operator down the line? Yeah. No. It would happen. Oh, Master 100%, 100%. Chief, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Taken the purple dragon, but like grow up. You know, mm-hmm. let's just leave it. Let's let it. Let, <laughs> just let, leave it alone. I just want this to be done. Um, gamers are really like. I want to wake up one day and see the entire history of Call of Duty on Game Pass. <laughs> oh god, um, that Wikipedia page. I want to play Black Ops again, so hurry up. Get this done. That, that would be nice. A backlog of Call of Duty's on a game pass would be well, excellent. I mean, when they when they got Bethesda, the day that was confirmed, mm-hmm. every Bethesda game was on Game Pass in a yeah. second. Mm. And it's gonna happen again. As soon as as soon as they hit that switch, they were like kaboom, all the Call of Duties, all of the crashes, all of the spiros, bang. Game Pass, ten pound a month. Thank you very much. And that's what Sony are afraid of. Um, but you don't need to be afraid, Sony. You're fine. Okay, you're gonna be all right. You still got some good games. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna lose Call of Duty and FIFA's dead now. But other than that, it'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, that's what's funny is the other big casual game is basically like non-existent anymore. So you yeah, know, they don't really have to worry that much. FIFA still hasn't got a home, as far as we're aware, at the time of recording. Um. It probably has. It just hasn't been announced yet. But um, yeah, what an interesting time. Imagine if it's Microsoft. <laughs> imagine. You imagine. Oh my God. Turn 10. Sony so will just collapse. They'll just have had enough. Jim Ryan will just have a heart attack. <laughs> oh, dearie me. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. Well, that's kind of it for the major news. Um, there's some little news. Uh, there's uh, a Silent Hill event coming on Wednesday night at 10 p.m. Um, we're going to see what's going on with uh, the future of Silent Hill. Um, the remake, the uh, more hell for the Splinter Cell remake. The director has left Ubisoft. 
so that's bad. Oh, um, when yeah. is he going to catch a break? It's not happening for a few years, buddy. I'm afraid <laughs> it looks like it's, like it's like the Metal Gear remake all over again. I feel like every time I get excited, it gets downtrodden. It's sad. Um, Sasha Gray is going to voice a character in the DLC for Cyberpunk 2077. Um, if that interests you, if you know who Sasha Gray is, I'm not judging you. But, Popular you know. Twitch streamer Sasha Gray. Yeah, exactly. Popular Twitch streamer Sasha Gray. She hasn't done anything before that, has she? Nope. 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 That's what I thought. Okay, good. Uh, um, yeah, um, so those are kind of the little ones. Um, the big thing, of course, this week is oh, a plague. Sh- what? Sorry. Just I don't think he was supposed to say <laughs> shit out loud. <laughs> that was funny, though, because you should click that and send it to Sean. Josh just know. got well excited. <laughs> he just got very excited. Have you just going to Google Sasha Gray? Is that how excited you are? Uh, yes. Your <laughs> <laughs> chair gasp. The cha- yes, the chair gasped. The chair said, the, I chair. the chair has gasped. The chair googled Sasha Gray. Oh, <gasps> Ross, Ross your, the chair your, your, is gasping again. Gasping everywhere, all the chairs. Oh my god, I want a sofa. I don't know how that's happening. That's weird. Anyway, um, yes, well, the big thing this week is a Blake Tell Requiem. And if you go to fingerguns.net right now, you will find our review. It's a very, very good review. And it's brilliantly written by Toby. I think it's one of his best. And um, I caught up with Toby yesterday um, to have a quick chat about Play Tell Requiem, about what he thought. And basically, um, yeah, all the spoiler-free stuff that you need to know about the game before picking it up. Um, so, here's that chat. Do please enjoy. Now, here at Finger Guns, if there's one game that all of us can kind of agree on that we want to play, um, it's quite rare when that happens, but when it does, we all get excited. And that one game this year, I imagine, was A Plague Tale Requiem. Um, we've been very fortunate to have had a uh, access to it via pre-release. Um, huge thank you to the guys who provided the code for us, and the lucky motherfucker that got to review it is Toby Anderson. Whoop whoop. Hello, mate. <laughs> hello, hello. How's it going? Well, I don't think I've had a good week as you, to be honest. I have had a pretty intense rat-filled week. Mm. Three hundred thousand rats, to be honest. <laughs> to be... It's Did you um... count them all individually. I could. I, I, I just, as they swarmed across the screen, I was like, I could, yeah, you could count those. It would take you the rest of, you know, <laughs> the rest of the week to do it. But yeah, no, it's, um, it's been, it's been, yeah, intense. That's for sure. It's an intense story. It's an intense game. Um, I'm sure we'll get into it, but it's been a lot of fun and I'm very, very grateful to have got the code and been able to, to be able to experience that before almost anyone outside of the studio has been able to. Absolutely. I mean, um, at the point of recording, we're at one day off embargo. We can say that you've beaten the game. Yep. Um, a Plato Rockham was all done. You're now waiting for the next one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I have beaten it. I, I, I know it, there's, a, you know, we, we talk about this sometimes and that reviewers don't always finish games. And sometimes there's, you know, have you really got to the point where you can make a full decision on it? Well, I've definitely finished it. It was a good mm. 22 hours, I would say, um, to get to the end. And I was not doing all that well at certain points, having to redo stealth sections over and over again. So probably a good 20 hours. Right. And this is interesting because A Plague Tale was one that you hadn't played for a while. Innocence, anyway. Um, uh, no, I have I played Innocence maybe six or seven months after it came out. And... Mm. You know, that's years ago now. That's what, 2017, 18? 
Yeah, I think um, it's been a while. It's been a long time, and but I I loved the first one. The first one's one of my absolute like top five games on PS4, um, which is where I played it. But it's just yeah, just phenomenal, phenomenal game. Amazing, amazing narrative. And I just absolutely fell in love with it being just so different. Like you can play stealth games and you can play games. You know, there's, there's no end of games based in medieval sort of areas. But when you start combining the stealth and the unlikely characters of, you know, children doing it instead of adults, and then it's got medieval France in 14th century, and it just all started to come together. And then it was just a beautifully put together narrative structure and it it spoke to me a bit as a writer i was just like this is so perfectly written whoever's got to do this is and you know absolutely at the top of their game that's awesome um so i guess the main question is um what did you think of a playtop requiem yeah the question isn't it really um (laughs) um so yeah it was it was fantastic i mean the are we allowed to say what we're what we're reviewing it as? Um, absolutely, this is embargo was passed when. All right. Well, by up, the time, so. yeah, by the time you guys listen to this, we will have posted the review and things will be on Metacritic. So I can safely say, I gave it a ten out of ten. It was an absolute masterclass. It was <sighs> just just more than you can really put into words sometimes. And I appreciate as a reviewer, that's what we've got to do. And it's it's hard. It's hard. It's a is a beautiful game that pretty much in, enhances and what's the word? Just it just it just puts more flesh on and more depth and widens the scope of every single part of what was in Innocence. So, if you're talking narrative, it was bigger, it was bolder, it had more depth to it, it had more mysteries, it had you know more humanity to it. There's there's stuff in there where um, if you've played The Last of Us Part Two, you see these great parallels with that story as well. That um, I'll, I'll, I'll give a, a little taste of what the narrative starts out as, at least, because I don't want to give too many spoilers because sure. it's it's a tricky one not to spoil. And I appreciate, I've, I've seen on my Twitter a number of times that Focus and, uh, and Asobo have all been saying, please don't spoil the story. Um, so Amicia and Hugo um, are... It's, it's a small time jump, nothing that makes any real difference. And you don't need to read the little tie-in book, as far as I can see, to know what's going on. Um, but they're on their way to Provence in France. And um, they're with their mum, Beatrice, and they're with uh, Lucas, who's one of the kids from the original. They are looking for sanctuary. They're looking for a, a not so much a shadowy order, but an, an order of... Um, you know, medieval priest types who they think know about the macula, which is the blood affliction that um, Hugo has in his veins, and they think they're going to get some help with it, um, or they're looking for, you know, looking for that help uh, in Provence. So that's where you start, and that's where you know the the, the opening is is Hugo and and Amicia making their way there, um, having you know to a certain extent they're they're out of danger. They think that everything's fine. Um, but apart from his, you know, apart from his blood affliction, and they're hoping that they can get some some kind of cure for it. What what transpires is, I kind of think this is the thing that happens all the way through the game that Asobo like to create something beautiful, and then just rip it apart and destroy it down to the rotting flesh underneath. That happens to every place you see in the game, right? If, if you go to Provence and 
you'll be there for a short time. That it's not really spoiling anything to say that that's not where the whole game happens. Um, but it's you, you, you're starting to look around. You, you know, the city looks beautiful. Everything seems okay. And then clearly there is plague here. Clearly there is cordoned off sections where you're not allowed to go and where there's, you know, dead bodies suddenly appearing and, and the, the fair that's going on in one side of the city, they, no one seems to realize that on the other side of the city, there are thousands and thousands of dead people. Do you know what I mean? Um, and it's, um, it's just that, that rot that suddenly happens. So every time you see something beautiful, you see this beautiful, beautiful city and everything that they've designed. And then the whole thing is just like, yeah, but underneath that, it is disgusting. It is fully falling apart around everyone. Um, and yeah, Amicia and Hugo just find themselves in this um, immediately. It's just back to square one. It's back to what innocence was, the, the, you know, the rats and the plague and the horribleness of that game. Because <laughs> there are plenty of horrible, horrible parts to that game, um, despite it being amazing. That whenever something... I think it's really the tone of the game that I found that I came away with is that anything beautiful is it doesn't last and it just gets destroyed. And it's it's the, one of the things that Hugo gets really sort of upset about during the course of the game is just why does everything turn to crap? Oh my <laughs> and, god! And I'm, and I'm just like Hugo, I'm with you, man. <laughs> why why does everything have to turn to crap, man? It's because you've got the macula, he silly boy. Um, because uh, the rats follow you everywhere you go, you know, and it's just mm. it's just horrible. It's pretty heart wrenching. It's pretty deep, and it's got. I mean, from from the sort of human level of those two characters, Amicia goes through, you know, her her a character arc as well as this, as well as the plot of the, you know where they go and what they do and stuff. But her character arc is this just descent into violence. Of the type that Ellie experiences in The Last of Us Part Two, it's that you know she she's not after revenge; she's after a cure for um, for Hugo. But she's just so driven and so unable to accept defeat and to stop being driven to do this that she never stops and she can't stop. And she gets to a point, I think, where she just like if you stop, then you have to look at what you've done and what you've. And, and the deaths that you've caused and the, you know, because she's got new abilities now. She's got, the you know, a crossbow. She's got, um, you know, sort of shiv-like kills that she can do um, that are a bit more lethal and stuff than you ever had in Innocence. And mm -hmm. that is really leaned on in those first chapters. You, you start killing and killing and killing and she gets a taste for it at the same time as hating it and she gets good at it and she gets angry and she just, yeah, she just descends yeah. into this like horrendous psychological space like the same as ellie does in um in last of us yeah and it's, it it's very, cool it's cool to watch sounds very ellie it is very, definitely very ellie and it's and it's and it's it, you know later parts of the game that i won't spoil you know she's she's trying to deal, deal with that i mean it's not it's not spoiling it to say that there's an arc here but she's you know she's trying to deal with that um and and you know it, was it all worth it? did she does she manage to find something that means that it's that all the killing and all of the death and all of the <laughs> destruction that does happen is actually worth it. Um, and Hugo, just to just to touch on his, I mean, he, Hugo's having to deal with the fact that his powers are what is destroying everything. His powers are bringing the plague along with him. When he looks for safety, he brings plague with him. When he looks for um, 
somewhere to to be and somewhere to get a cure from he brings death and destruction to that city do you know what i mean and that's a lot for a little kid to deal with and he's he really goes off the deep end quite a few times um over the course of the story and it's it's hard to watch if you actually like hugo i, I find i like hugo but i know i know he annoys certain people um when they're playing the game um <laughs> If I've heard naysayers talking about the game, it's always been, yeah, but Hugo's really annoying. Um, and I don't want to escort a kid around for 10 hours. Do you know what I mean? Um, and that's fine. That's true. But he's he's much more interesting in this one, I would say. Anyway, so that, that's what they're that's what they're dealing with. And it's it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a very emotional, intense journey to take with them. I think the 20 hours I've spent over this week since Tuesday through to Saturday night yeah. have been a lot. Like <laughs> it's it takes a sort of a slight emotional toll on yourself as you play it, if you know what I mean. Yeah, and that's interesting that you compared it to Ellie because I remember you saying a similar thing at the end of part two. Yeah, uh, the Last of Us yeah for sure. I was and, I was um, tired and like exhausted from from playing Last of Us Part Two. Like it was just it, it had such an emotional effect on you playing it. But in that one, because you're forced to play both sides and you're forced to really examine it, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a very similar sort of beast. It's very interesting because, you know, there was a lot of darkness in Innocence um, and it wasn't a particularly jolly story at all. No. Um, I remember, <laughs> you know, the first five minutes of that game, their dog gets brutally murdered. <laughs> and... That sets you up for the whole thing. Yeah. You're like, oh my god, this is not going to be a pleasant experience. And it's interesting to see because I remember from like the very first trailer that we saw for Requiem, um, like that's that tidal wave of rats that were going. Through oh the yeah, and yeah. We Amicia, should talk about that. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. And Amicia just staring, just staring it down. You know, that was like shit. Amicia's going to go on a journey, and it would appear that she definitely does in this one. Yeah, yeah, she that's does. So cool. The um. Yeah, I mean, I've said what I can probably say without sort of spoiling things. The one, one of the things that's very interesting about it is that you really delve in terms of the plot rather than their rather than their human sort of character arc stories. But in terms of the plot, you delve into a, quite a big mystery in the second location that they go to, like really, really into the past and really into this European sort of like Assassin's Creed style tombs and. Um, lots and lots of underground Warren-like areas. And in there, this mystery that you find in this this other place is so deep and so dark and so, like, what's the word? Like, um, twisted around Hugo and, and Amicia and their entire, like, the whole idea of the macula and the whole idea of the rats and the plague and things. It's like... The scope of uh, the scope of innocence is so small, and one of the reasons that it's such an interesting and quite well put together narrative story is, is that it's like it's so self-contained. It, one of the things I quite like in novels is when a particular novel is just like it's just a self-contained story. You know, you're on a boat and you never leave the boat, or something like that, right? Yeah, that's that's what innocence is like. You are in one location. You know, even if you're journeying through it and you're getting to the other place, it's very much that, you know, that there's the Inquisition. That's the only, that's the only scope. In this one, the scope goes hundreds of years back. It's the whole of Europe. Do you know what I mean? And it's, it's, it's just that, the tendrils of it, if you see what I mean, just go so much bigger. Whoever, whoever is writing it in a Sobo studio, they, they, if they didn't plan all this, 
then they have a very very clever idea of how to like how to make something small so much so much wider all of a sudden when you start to delve into what the macula really means or or what it could mean if you're a if you if you like your plots and you like your you know mysteries then it's a lot of fun towards the middle of the game when you start to really uncover that stuff oh very cool very cool i mean it sounds like it's something that i i don't i don't feel like i played a game like that for a while so that's something you can really get your teeth stuck into for that, for those 20 hours yeah if you if you let yourself you know if you suspend disbelief and you really let yourself get into it because i know some people you know you might play with um you know football on in the background or something do you know what i mean but if you if you've got if you if you're really into it and you spent you know like i was trying to do, you're trying to trying to get through 20 hours of video game in four days you you've got to concentrate and you've got to really get into it and then probably by doing that i was actually getting the most out of it at the same time so yeah it's um it's got to be it's got to be experienced it's one of the it's one of the ways i was really going to write the review was that in a way it's innocence and experience isn't it but the word experience being that this is both games are quite an experience. They're not, they're not like, you know, you just, just games for games sake. They're not games where you're just trying to rack up points or scores or anything. They are experiences. They are, you know, very much like the last of us part two or, or those big Sony exclusive types. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, mean, talking on that level, I mean, visually this thing looks absolutely stunning. And um, I've only seen it from the trailers, but I could assume in gameplay it, it looks as beautiful as those trailers do. The graphical fidelity on display is incredible. Just it's got to be one of the most, it's got to be one of the prettiest games on on PlayStation Five. They deliberately didn't do it for PlayStation Four and Xbox One. It's all next gen only, um, and you know high-end pc if it's coming you know when, when if you're getting it on pc you've yeah. got to have the the kit for it um and it really really does it justice i mean there are some places in there that are just absolutely incredible some some graphical power to bring it you know reflections and and the amount of plants on display just just waving in the wind like when you crest over a hill in the ghost of tsushima and all the grass is going that's happening yeah. in every single place in in um uh in requiem the i think i think one of the things that really struck me was that though everything is beautiful it was like it was also really organic and really designed like really although they sound like different things like you're you know that someone is knows exactly what a city should look like and how and how to design rickety alleys together and you know that someone's got a garden planner involved and you know that there's whenever you see some beautiful garden or some beautiful palace area or whatever might happen yeah that they've been designed by you know historians and gardeners and everything all together it's not just game designers have got involved in this um and i think that's that's one of the things that really just kind of takes that beauty and just turns it up a notch um because there's a few other games that are beautiful you know there's horizon was pretty damn beautiful and um there's been a few, you know, Miles Morales's uh, reflections are pretty beautiful. You know, there's there's been things that the PS5 has shown. This is what it can do, people. But um, this one just does it all the time. I think I was even, you know, goggling, goggle-eyed about stuff where 
I was underground and I was in some kind of cave system and just looking at the light playing across rocks and thinking, that looks like a damn photograph. <laughs> like, <laughs> how is that? You know, like you get really, like I'd get really, really close up to bits of rock and stuff. It's probably where I wasted a few hours of my playthrough. Um, and just like, is that, you know, the light coming off of that is, is coming off of every like tiny facet of it. And it's moving differently every time I wave the, every time I wave the torch or something. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's doing that stuff that we were seeing in like the Lumen Unreal Engine um, demos and things. It was very, 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 very cool. Um, now we must talk about rats. Yes. Um, three. We're talking about rats. PS5 power. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah. so it's three hundred thousand rats. Yeah, th- I read Lord. this. I read this just before starting to play that the PS4 supposedly had managed five thousand rats. At the, t- at the sort of peak moments where, you know, right at the end of the game, presumably, where they're all writhing around in the in the Inquisition's um, monastery. And this one, just 5,000 rats. I mean, that's just a normal screen <laughs> in this one. Um, so the 300,000 rats are the moments you've seen on the trailer when, when a... <laughs> When everything's gone to shit in a particular area, of which it happens a number of times, there these things just erupt out of the ground and bring down walls and just it's just a tidal wave. Like it's literally like water, but it's made of thousands upon thousands of rats all squirming towards you. And if you've got any kind of fear of rats or anything like that, it will make your skin crawl watching it because it is just horrendous. The first moment. That, that like the very first time a tsunami of rats comes at you is quite intense. I was just like, oh shit. <laughs> just like, what am I supposed <laughs> to do with this? Like just it's just great. And there are there are a number of times when you are out running, you know, like you're running towards camera like um Crash Bandicoot Boulder style. Mm-hmm. Um and the rats that they're just pouring out of every part of the city into this one alley that you're running down. Do you know what I mean? Or, or you're in some other area and you're on a cart or something and they're just pouring down across everything. And it's just, fuck, just, you just can't, I think in a way, just sort of, just sort of gawp at the screen. Like, and I don't, there's not many games that make me just stop and gawp at stuff. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, it's a technological you know, feat that they've done and that they've then kind of engineered an entire game around this just amazing idea of just these flowing rats. Anyway, it is intense. It is up the ante by whatever that is, 60 times more rats than there were before. And um, yeah, has to be seen to be believed, has to be played to be believed because those trailers, though that's, you know, a cool and intense shot that you see on the trailers, playing it for yourself and and smacking R2 as fast as you can in order to run away from those fuckers is really just horrendous. Are you going to remember to run? Am I going to just be... You've got to press the button. <laughs> like, oh my yeah. God, look at that. Oh yeah, I've got oh, to run. Well, okay, I'm go, dead. go, go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the amount of times I lost Amisha to a, to a, you know, a big pile of rats just eating her is just horrendous. That was horrible. I, that, you, I died that way quite a few times. <laughs> Oh man, uh, you've got me so hyped for this! I can't wait. Good. Um, it's uh, <laughs> it's two cool. days away uh, at the time of recording. Um, I have it preloaded. Good. Right now. Good. 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 Well, uh, on Game Pass, everyone, everyone on Game Pass is getting it free. 
Like it's I can't part of the subscription. Just up. insane. <laughs> I can't believe a ten out of ten. Basically, it's not even AAA, is it? It's, we, it's not really. It's you know, it's it's made AAA. by a double A sort of studio, and 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 stuff. Yeah, it's it, but it's it's punching above its weight so so hard. Mm. Does it yeah. obviously without spoiling anything? Obviously, does it leave space for a a, a third? Is there more story to tell, do you think, in this world? That is a very hard question to answer <laughs> without <laughs> spoiling things. <laughs> mm, fair enough. Um, I'm going to not answer it. Okay, we'll get back to the... We'll, we'll, we'll do a spoiler special down the line. Yeah, we'll, sure. We'll, we'll talk about it. I suppose the only other things we've not really talked about is gameplay. Um, yeah. There's... So, it's still a stealth game. It's still definitely a... Um, stealth first, you know, anyone thinking that just because you get a crossbow and stuff that you're suddenly going to be ramboing through everything, you're not. It's definitely been designed around stealth. The You get to go loud a few times, you know, and, you, and there are some bosses where you will need to like seriously take the lethal approach and do it as fast as you can. Um, and Hugo, you know, when there are certain moments when he gets to use the rats, you know, and he gets to, it's not really spoiling anything to say that he can control them to a certain extent in certain points of the game. When you get to do that, it's very cool. You can just, you know, thrust them up through the, through the ground and take out guards and you can, um, you can possess uh, a horde of rats and literally like flow across the map into guards and eat them. It's oh, hell yeah. <laughs> lots hell of yes. fun when you get to do it. <laughs> it's a little bit sparse. There's not very many times when you can do it, but every now and again you do get to do it, and it's really really cool. Um, so do do play it as a as a stealth game. Do expect that. Um, mm. But yeah, it's it's just it's just up the ante on what's available. You know, like she's got more things that she can use. Misha is is more lethal, and she can do more, and she can craft more stuff. Um, it's all been streamlined to to really serve the story and her descent into being a badass, really, um, even if it's a conflicted badass. Um, but it's it's cool. It's it, there's there's some very it can be tough on on normal and hard levels. Like there's lots of very very intricate guard movements i think i found that the guards were moving around and i couldn't work out what their routes were sometimes they just kept changing the routes and i was like this is the it may not be it may not be actually clever ai but it just may be lots of different routes that they can take but they just kept finding me and i couldn't keep away from them and stuff and you also got to contend with the idea of rats plus guards plus light and dark at the same time so you can't go in the dark because the rats will get you you can't go anywhere where there's not light because the rats will get you the guards are carrying torches they then see you they get you do you know what i mean so you you can't go in the light you can't go in the dark so so where the fuck do i go (laughs) (laughs) so when you're faced with a an area that's covered in rats and full of guards walking around with their torches and they're going well fuck the rats i've got a torch you getting through it is just really hard um it's it's it's, um it really demands a lot of like patient stealth gameplay like you've got to look around you've got to really give it a watch for a minute like watch where they go see if there's some openings and there are always two or three distinctly different ways to take take out the the larger sections um which is cool this kind of thing people like to see in 
in stealth games is, you know, you've got more than one route in, um, you know, ever since like Arkham and, uh, and Deus Ex did it and things that it's, it's really in there for sure. I could, there were some larger areas where you could really tackle it right down the left-hand side, right down the right-hand side. When I, um, there are one or two internal areas where you could even enter the actual area in the first place from two different routes. And therefore the entire route through that section was going to be different. And, and I was like, no, yeah, this is cool. This it, it, it's, it offers a bit of a, a, lots of different approaches. If you, if you find one, one's just blocked by a real bastard guard, <laughs> do you know what I mean? And he, and he won't move and the rats are all around him. And you're just like, yeah, I need to go a different way. Mm. It's did cool. You, did you find it harder than Innocence? Yeah, I think I did. I think the, I think on that, um, on that difficulty setting, you know, just the normal difficulty setting, it was, it was harder than Innocence. Um, Innocence was more scripted. That's the thing. You could, you knew where the guards were going, and they often had very predetermined routes. And once you'd learnt it, that was it. You were free, right? Whereas in this one, it feels very much more freeform. There's a lot more options, and they move more, and they do different things. So in right. in that respect, it's been it's been the the ante's been upped a bit. Sure. Sure. Well, for fear of um, falling into spoiler territory, let's um, let's call it there. Um, cool. Played to Requiem, <laughs> ten out of ten from Finger Guns. Oh my goodness me, the hype is real. Um, thank Just you very much, David. Couldn't get enough of it. It was awesome. Brilliant stuff. I look forward to a Plague Tale. Uh, let's see what they're going to call it. Parabellum. Let's go with that. <laughs> the book's called Tenebris. I'm just like, how many different sort of interesting French words can they find? Well, I guess we'll find out. Um, thank you, sir. No worries. And uh, yeah, we will. Uh, we'll catch up when we've all played it this time uh, next week. Yeah, I can't wait to see what everyone else thinks over the course of the next week or so. Oh man, it's going to be so awesome. Uh, cool. Thanks again, man. No worries. All right. Thank you very much, Toby. What an absolute hero you are. Um, all right, let's get to our recommendations. This is where we've seen something for other week that we want to share with you. Our dear listener, whether it be a game, a movie, a TV show, a book, a light, or a cardboard box. I don't know. I'm looking at things in my flat. Yes, I do have a few more cardboard boxes right now. I will get rid of them, I promise. Cat, what is your recommendation for the week? No, they're behind the door. Shh, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um... That's a dark secret that maybe one day we'll reveal on the pod. Um, my recommendation is food, because it's always food, because I love food. Did you know that they are doing Biscoff Kit Kat Chunkies? Yes, I fucking do. I'm oh. sorry, what? Yeah, yes, yeah. Josh knows. Josh is on the Josh is in the know. Um, yeah, I found them. I scouted them. I was I didn't scout them. I found them. I just came across them. I walked past the chocolate aisle, because I'm a chunky monkey, and I wanted some chocolate, and I saw it. And I was like... Damn, get in my face. So, yeah, that's... <laughs> yeah, it's 70p or 80p from Tesco. They sell them in the garage on East Beach. You're welcome. They're the tits. <gasps> I just figured out why we're gasping. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> so much <gasping>. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God! <laughs> oh, yeah, it's been a big day. Big day, big day for the finger guns. <laughs> oh, it's embargo, didn't it? We can't say. Is it? No, no, it's not no, embargo. embargo. Oh US my god! Code. US code, he said. So, oh, it's US. Ooh. Okay, interesting. Wow. <laughs> we'll have to add you... each other up. 
Are you troubled by strange noises in the middle of the night? Do you experience feelings of dread in your basement or attic? Oh my god, anyway. So, Biscoff Kit Kat Chunkies, eh? Yeah. They Much sound less amazing. exciting than that news, yeah. Is, is, is it though? I don't know, that's very exciting. It, it is because it's the perfect amount of Biscoff and the perfect amount of Kit Kat Chunky. I can attest to that. <laughs> you know, there's... They are pretty good. I'm a fan of a Kit Kat Chunky. And they've done a few things, a few different things, you know, like cookie dough and stuff like that. It's never hit the same way as a normal Kit Kat Chunky. I'm not stealing your recommendation, Kat. I'm just bringing it forward to a, a mass recommendation. Yeah, fair. Um, <laughs> no, I, I get it. it Jump on. It, right. it hits. It hits the way it should. Wow. It's not too much of either of them. It's the perfect amount of both. Oh, my God. Sorry, I'm getting very distracted. Um, fantastic. Kit Kat Biscoffs. Um, yes, I will take... I will take Kit Kat Biscoffs in lieu of um, Taylor Swift payment. How about that deal? You would need f- nearly 15, nearly 15 to 17 Biscoff Kit Kats. I mean, I mean, that sounds like a really fun night out. It does. Actually, to be fair, that sounds a great night in. Yeah, it does. I don't want to be eating my Biscoffs in the cold. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, fair. Okay. Yes, they're night in, night in. That makes a lot, a lot more sense. Um, Josh, your recommendation? Uh, so, my recommendation is going to be an odd one. Uh, a divisive one and one that people might look at me and think you are a fucking idiot Uh, but it is the new Halloween ends Um, I will not say too much more other than the trailer is not what the movie is Uh, if you don't take it too seriously you might have fun with it Um, and Halloween certainly ends with it Um, I had a good time with the film uh, it probably won't be the best Halloween film I'll see in October, but it's one I'm glad I saw uh, in general. And if you like the series and, and uh, you know, for all its warts of what kind of the bad films that there's have come out, uh, I think you'll really enjoy this one as well. Um, yeah, it's a really great film. Is it going to be less disappointing than Halloween Kills? I prefer it to Halloween Kills by far. Okay, good. Like leaps and bounds. Not for the reasons that Halloween, the like kind of return, did it. You know, they kind of, it was a return to formula and it was like a really great. I thought, I think Halloween, the return of it, is probably my second favorite out of the lot compared to the first one. Um, and this one is, it's not up there, but it's at least better than Halloween Kills for sure. Yeah, um, it's not necessarily quality as good. Uh, it's it's the same amount of quality, but it's in a right way. It's in a better way than what the kills was. Cool. Uh, yeah, I remember watching that entire movie. Going um, when uh, when when are they going to meet? When are Michael Myers and uh, um, no, <laughs> never. Will okay, fine. Die? <laughs> will it die tonight? No, apparently not. <laughs> um, cool. Yeah, I mean, I love Jamie, Jamie Lee Curtis has been awesome on the. Uh, oh, she's amazing in it. By the way, yeah, yeah and, she's uh, in it a lot more than than kills as well. So she's been great on the press run as well, and the interviews that I've seen her in. So um, yeah, well worth a watch. Cheers, man. That sounds good. Looking forward to it. Uh, Miles, your recommendation this week. Uh, mine is again Better Call Saul. I think we talked about it before, or maybe Cats mentioned it in lieu of me, but. I tried to watch it like when I was at uni and didn't understand it, didn't get it, didn't like it, found it boring. Uh, I got to the end of the first season and then stopped watching it. And then myself and Kat have been watching it more recently. And we're now up to the towards the end of season four. We haven't quite finished it yet. And it's just fucking brilliant. Like, it's just so well written. The characters are great. I really love Nacho. The fact that Vass is in a TV series and 
is kind of still a bit mental, but also not quite as mental as he is in Far Cry 3, I think is amazing. Um, and Mike, like I loved Mike in Breaking Bad. I love him even more in Better Call Saul. He's just a boss and it, everyone needs a Mike in their life, preferably one who's not quite as you know, illegal dealing, but he's great. So I'm just really enjoying the series. Uh, looking forward to finishing it. And I wanted to give it a shout out because I've not really had much else to recommend. So I thought I'd go with that one. What about yourself, Roscoe? Perfect. Um, I'm going to recommend a series on Disney Plus called The Bear. This is a show that I started watching around about eight o'clock last night and finished it at midnight. It's eight episodes of half an hour, which is a lovely relief after the endless hour-long episode series that I've been watching recently. And it's about a young chef from the fine dining world who has to come back and run the sandwich deli that his brother owned after he... And he was kind of bequeathed this diner um, after his brother died. And it's all about the kind of, like, the the trials and pressures and everything that he goes through with his new team, uh, trusting this younger brother to run a sandwich deli when he's... His heart is in sort of like fine dining and uses kind of his experience and wonderment of fine dining and tries to bring it into this new restaurant. And the characters are just brilliant. It is so intense all the way through. It is a total, it's kind of a cliche. Um, it's it's just a pressure cooker of stuff all episode long. Um, every time you watch it, you're like, you're on, your, you're on the, the edge of your seat the entire time because it's just constant. And I absolutely loved it. By the end, I had tears in my eyes. I was clapping. I was like, that, that was just the best thing I've seen all year. Um, it's generally the best series I've seen all year. And it's a really wonderful story about families and friendships and and new people learning new skills and the anger and the wonder and the frustration that goes into running a tiny restaurant like that. And there's an amazing episode where it's just one shot, I think, for about 15 minutes. Um, and it is one of the most intense and wonderful things I've ever seen. I don't think I blinked for the entire time. It was just incredible. Um, so I highly recommend um, The Bear. It is a brilliant show and is now on Disney+. Plus. So if you're into your kind of comedy dramas, it's much more of a drama than a comedy, but there are some very, very funny moments in it. Um, so yeah, highly recommend The Bear on Disney+. Plus. Go check it out. I guess that's it. Let's go to Out This Week. And Out This Week, um, what's that game called? A Plague? Something? What's it called again? Plague, 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 Tell. Plague, Plague, Tell. Spell it, Ross. (laughs) R-E-Q-U-I-E-M. Yay! One point. Requiem. Uh, Requiem. Plague, Tell. Requiem. That's out today on the day that you're listening to this. If you're listening to this on the first day it goes up, it is already out. Go and get it, for goodness sake. We gave it 10 out of 10. It's a freaking brilliant game. We don't give 10 out of 10 to just anything, you know. Um, we have 16 10 out of 10 games on our website. Um, if you go to a website and go to the review policy, you'll be able to find every single one. Also out on October 18th is Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed, um, which... <laughs> Mm, very excited about that. Um, that's going to be a lot of fun. So, yeah, do keep your eye on thingians.net for more on that soon. October 19th sees the Uncharted Legacy of Thieves collection, which is Uncharted 4, Thieves End, and Uncharted F- The Lost Legacy uh, come to PC. Um, the Lost, the Last Hero of N- Nostalgia is also out on October 19th. You would have heard Miles talk about that earlier. It's a good old game. Do check it out. October 20th sees... Hmm. 
Not much. Um, the Pegasus Expedition uh, is coming out on PC on October 20th. Um, I remember playing that at... Was it Rezzed? One of the UGXs a couple of years back. Um, but yeah, nice to see that it's finally coming out. Um, and of course, Mario and Rabbids Spirits of Hope is out on October 20th. Also, October 21st sees the release of New Tales from the Borderlands. Someone here may or may not be playing New Tales from the Borderlands right now. I can't possibly say who. Um, but it's... Uh, yeah, it's a game that's coming out this week. So look out for more on that on Fingers.net very soon. Gotham Knights also comes out on October 21st. What a big week we're having. Um, we may or may not be covering that one as well. I mean, who knows? What a crazy week this has been. Um, Persona 5 Royale is coming to PC, PS5, and all that good stuff. Uh, October 25th sees the release of Dragonflight on War in, uh, World of Warcraft. So if you're into that kind of thing, do get your dragon on. And yeah, that's about uh, it for a week. Plus, yeah, what a week this is. Really crazy. It is big game time. How very, very exciting. But that's it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you all very much indeed for listening. Don't forget, if you want to follow us, you can follow us absolutely everywhere. Just go to the link tree in the description below to find us in all the places. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can do that. Go at F-N-G-R-G-N-S. If you want to follow us individually, all of our handles are in the description below. If you really like what we do, why not follow our Patreon for $1 a month? $1 a month, that's like 74p right now. You can keep the podcast live on its various podcast setting services and keep the website nice and shiny. But that's it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you all very much indeed for listening. We'll be back next week with more Finger Guns goodness. But until then, it is goodbye from Joshua Thompson. Goodbye, everyone. It is goodbye from K to the A to the TKB. Bye. See you next week for Swift Week. Happy Swift Week. And it is goodbye from Miles Thompson. Farewell. Are you uh, looking forward to listening to Nothing But Taylor Swift for the next two weeks in your house? Um, yes. Yes. I can't, I can't openly admit how actually, excited I am. He actually but... is a bit excited and he'll yeah. pretend that he's not. But I, I have to pretend for appearances, but I am actually genuinely slightly excited. Sure. Yeah. 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 Were you a, a Swifty before you met Gap? Mm, I knew the odd song, but I wasn't like. I He's more of a Swifty than he says, though, because he he didn't just know Shake it Off. Yeah, I knew okay. I knew a few. I knew a good few back in my uni days. I, I learned a few. So yeah, but I would say Cat has influenced me more into being slightly more of a Swifty than I was. I've gone from like a four out of ten to fan to maybe like a six. Okay, which is all right to be fair. Yeah, she's not bad at all. Yeah, um, yeah, so. <laughs> good old stuff and uh, yeah I've been Roscoe we'll see you next time on the Finger Guns podcast bye 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 bye